Hey gang, welcome to a timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly release of the Gimme the Loot podcast. My name's Turner, and I'll be explaining what the hell's going on in advance of our next episode release tomorrow, which is the one that you really want to come back for because we have a special guest player, none other than Jeremy Cobb from Three Black Halflings. Now that I've hopefully won a little bit of favor with that exciting piece of news, let me explain what the hell's going on with this episode. Way back at the beginning of the podcast, I structured the overall story to allow for the occasional side quest in between arcs where the guys could go out and do some random stuff for Ognum. I thought it would be an opportunity for us to have guests on, do some quests that were a little bit different. And when uh, a friend of mine from back in the day, who was a veteran actor and stuntman and avid D&D player, volunteered to be our first guest, I jumped at the chance, not realizing that from an overall story structure standpoint, I was producing an episode that practically wouldn't come out for another year and a half. And since I didn't want to wait that long, we went ahead and released it. And it sat as episode X in the feed for this entire time. Well, the reckoning is upon us. And that episode from oh so long ago is now slotting into the current timeline, which is why it's being re-released in its original form in the feed. Due to the time lag between when it was originally recorded and now, there's obviously some slight thematic consistencies and character quirks that weren't really predictable back that long ago. Namely, Moyle has a different body. It's not super episode breaking, but I did want to just mention it. And if it really is sticking in your head that badly, remember this is set in a world where reality is frequently rewritten and there's a magical jar that produces mayonnaise. And this was a good excuse for me to say timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. So I beg your indulgence and your forgiveness. But hey, any excuse for you guys to hear a little bit more spooky Leo is good, right? So if you've listened to this before... Want to listen to it again? Great. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks. Hang in there. The real next episode comes out in just a few hours. But nevertheless, thank you for understanding and hope you enjoy or have already enjoyed this particular show. So uh, what, what's the deal with this Christian fella? Movies, yeah, it's just it's like it's like you got to be nerds like us. Don't want me in that. Oh, now, now, now it's like us. It used to be like y'all. Yeah. No, I'm a different type of nerd. Mm-hmm. A well-respected nerd. You D and D nerds, we don't like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a well-respected nerd in the community. Chess team nerd. Ah. No. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying you are cooler than Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. That is the argument that you're making here. Yes. Yeah. I am also cooler than Henry Cavill, who plays Warhammer. So I'm also cooler than him. I'm going to take exception to both of those. Now, I will say we are all cooler than Vince Vaughn. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Him too. Are we older than Vin Diesel? See, here's the thing that's funny. is like Joe Manganiello has thrown major shade that fucking Vin Diesel is fronting about playing D&D. Because uh, apparently Manganiello's house is like the, the hub of D&D in Hollywood. And he's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking shit about Vin, but I've never seen him play. <laughs> I was like, whoa, shit, this got real. Since when do we lie about playing D&D? I lie about it. If anyone <laughs> asks me about playing D&D, I say no. <laughs> 
oh, we heard your voice. That wasn't me. You've said your name many a time. I don't know what you're talking about. Because there's nothing that's better for promoting a podcast than pretending you're not fucking on it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that secretly had a plot all along. My name's Turner, and I'll be your Dungeon Master and host for pre-show announcements until I'm finally discovered at a shopping mall by a casting agent who sweeps me away to the wildlife of Hollywood, where I can be cast and made-for-TV holiday movies over and over and over again. If you're a new listener, welcome. We appreciate you jumping in. This episode's actually not a terrible jumping on point, although a little context never hurts to understand exactly why Todd acts that way or what the heck Moyle's problem is. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to completely help, but it couldn't technically hurt. Returning listeners, as always, thank you so much for coming back. Welcome to episode X. Not as cool as it sounds. So, for some context, I had the opportunity from somebody I know from back in the day to come on as a guest for a special one shot. Now, this is a canonical one shot. This actually does happen in our universe. It just happens a little bit further along the timeline that we're currently at with the main releases. The guys had such a good time with this. I wanted to go ahead and get it out there and get it published. And then, once the timeline actually catches up to this episode, we'll number it officially and put it into the feed sequentially. In the meantime, just so everybody understands, this is is after the Lumberjack Saga, where our guys have discovered that they are mystically bound together through the shards of the pentahedron, which kind of exploded into them during the siege of Waypoint 13. In order to try and figure out what exactly was going on with them, because Lord knows the boys aren't smart enough to figure it out on their own, they enlist the help of a sage named Ognum. Basically, Ognum gets them to pay for their services by being fantasy Uber Eats. He has them run deliveries, and that buys them a little bit more sagely advice. This episode episodes picks up with them coming back from one of those deliveries. So new listeners, enjoy. Returning listeners, once again, thank you so much for your time and for, for giving us a shot. We know there are a lot of other D&D podcasts out there and we appreciate you adding us to your list. We'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to us via email at DM for Dungeon Master at gmdlcast.com or you can always find us on social media at gmdlcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but mostly Twitter. If you would just take a moment and head over to whichever platform provides you with your podcast entertainment and give us a rating or review. That feedback or those little stars that you click really do help us grow as it makes us more visible and tells the algorithms that we're important, which makes us easier to find for new listeners. And look, all we really wanted for Christmas and Hanukkah this year, and we would have thought you would have gotten the clue after all the hints that we dropped in the previous five episodes. And I don't really understand why you got us this denim jacket anyway. And if you could take a minute, tell a friend or family member about the podcast. Word of mouth is such an important part for a new podcast's ability to grow and thrive. And really, what better gift is there this holiday season than a gaggle of five broy dysfunctional knuckleheads stumbling forward through a fantasy realm and stabbing some things along the way? You're welcome, America. You're welcome, world. One last thing. Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show. In addition to the crude humor, profanity, and what, you know, I would say is a reasonable amount of fantasy violence, we do make the occasional dick joke. Any specific content warnings will be included in the show notes below. But other than that, we're going to hop over to the cast introduction. So here we go. Thanks and enjoy the show. We are joined by the same main cast and crew. Guys? Yes, uh, this is Harlan McKenzie playing Todd the Tiefling. You can hear me other places at the 
pop-up film cast. I occasionally guest spot on their show. So if you want to listen to me elsewhere, you can catch me there. I'm Andrew. I'm playing Moyle Mossberg, the Dragonborn, and I'm nowhere else currently but here. I'm Jamie. I'm playing Eldrin Thaneros, the Arrow Slinger and Pain Bringer. And you can find me on the Three Angry Gamers podcast. This is Jazz. I'm playing Fate. I am the elf that's not on the shelf. <laughs> and I am Anthony playing Baba Tunde. I think I'm giving the, the intro crown to Eldrin on this one here, Fate. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I also like the idea that this really is the only place that Andrew exists. Like after we, we <laughs> hang up. He just, he's the ghost in the machine. Dematerializes. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew, the chatbot. So, so where's he going to 10? I don't have any more credits left. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us tonight is our special guest, Christian Stokes. Christian is a veteran actor and stuntman who I know from way back in the day. He's a veteran D&D player, and he's going to be joining us on this one shot, playing a special character. Christian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'd like to introduce to you the special investigator from what of the Gnomish Alliance of Jewelers and Gym Cutters. So he is a very special person and, and is happy to be here today to uncover any untoward activity. So, so yes, and, and about me, yes, I'm an actor. I'm a stunt guy. I grew up in a little podunkies, Texas town, and now I'm jet-setting here, there, and everywhere. Just wrapped up a episode of Leverage, and I've got a big movie coming up in, in December called Demigod. So that was very apropos for my Dungeons & Dragons background. Oh, cool. I think you've promoted something for that on Facebook. Oh, yeah, sure have, sure have. We're getting ready to, to go to town with that, so it should be fun. <laughs> Well, cool. So for the context of what's happening here, guys, you in the main storyline, you've recently established a relationship with Ognum the Sage, who is kind of your go to for mystical information. The relationship that you've built with Ognum is is transactional. He does occasionally trade a favor for a favor for you guys. And what that has translated into most frequently is you guys running delivery missions. We'll be starting this kind of self-contained episode after you've made your second delivery for Ognum. You guys were teleported over to the other continent of Medivh, a continent steeped in history and mysticism. And it was a wonderful time. Crazy things happened, but that's a story for another time. One of the biggest questions you had was how would you get back? And, and you received a notification from Ognum through your seeing and speaking stone that he had made arrangements for your return. The party of five is winding its way up a broad metal staircase spiraling up the side of a mountain to a strange platform which stands above the clouds overlooking a, a gray winter sky and it's it's really a bizarre scene you're not you're not exactly sure how this translates into you getting home. You had thought that Ognum was sending you to a port, and the, the building you're at certainly has elements of a, a shipping depot. It's It's got a warehouse. It's got a long metal dock that kind of extends off the, the gray granite cliffs of the mountain, kind of out over to the clouds a little bit, but you're still a little bit confused, and you find yourself with a small very small crowd of strangers. There is a elderly goblin woman in a wheelchair being pushed by a younger goblin maiden who's looking very bored and very irritated to have to be here with what you assume is her grandmother. A gnomish character standing with a hand crossbow, which appears to have an umbrella attached to it, which you would think would be shading him from the sun if the, the sky wasn't overcast. And then three or four goblins in workman light togs. As you guys kind of stand around and, and the boredom starts to in, all of a sudden it appears. At first, you just get the, the tip of it rising up through the clouds, this grayish green billowing sack 
rising up. As more and more of it rises up, you see this strange contraption that looks like somebody had taken a sailing ship and bolted it onto the bottom of an inflated sheep's bladder. It, it rises up to the dock and you see the goblin workers in the in, in the kind of the jumpsuits run over and throw out some cables and secure it into place. And then a small goblin woman wearing a uh, blue and yellow pressed uniform with a like a conductor's cap walks up next to you guys and goes, uh, you guys, the, uh, you guys, the, the Ogdom Associates? Uh, yes. Sounds about right. And then, uh, you over there, so you, you Mr. Fenwick? This, uh, from within. Uh, from the Finch at your service. Yes, this is this you must know. And then uh, I got uh, I got Weiwei and Sevens and the old lady and the, the go- younger goblin woman wave their hand. She goes, "Okay, well, first of all, I would like to welcome you guys uh, for on the maiden voyage of the uh, the goblin uh, Dreaden Zeppelin. It is uh, it is uh, a crowning achievement of uh, engineering. If you will follow me out onto the gangplank, we will be setting sails on our first transatlantic flight." voyage, uh, which we hope will revolutionize magical transit uh, across uh, across the continents. This remains to be seen. So she leads you guys out uh, across the gangplank into the entry level, and she goes, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start with a quick tour." And she takes you on a quick tour. Now you guys enter in on the second deck of the ship, up the stairs at the aft of the ship. She goes, "This is uh, one of our main lounge areas. Towards the the front of the ship, we have a a multi denomination." shrine for anyone who feels they need to uh, to say any prayers or uh, commune with their gods whilst traveling. We will have some excellent views of the God's Mount in transit. Uh, this is also our large reception area where occasionally special parties would be held. And one of our entertainers, uh, the lovely uh, Nuni Singe, actually uh, her, her private quarters are on this level as well. Upstairs from us is the command deck where the captain, co-captain, and all the all, all the fancy stuff happens. That area is completely off limits. Nobody goes up there for security purposes. She takes you down to the second level and she goes, now this is this is where you guys will find your rooms. Uh, over on towards the front, Mr. Fromwick, you have your private cabin. The uh, Ag- Agnum group, you guys have your, your joint storeroom. So uh, Fromwick, she directs you to this room towards the front that has been uh, assigned to you for the, the journey. As someone who has a reputation for being an expert and an inquisitive mind, you've been put here to ver- verify the overall safety of what has been broadcast as an incredibly dangerous contraption. That's the important important purpose of the 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 praying before uh, we begin yes <laughs> we find it's helpful that, that divine intervention is an option uh in these situations the ognum group you guys are here on the uh, 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 uh sharing this room and then she shows the older goblin woman and the her her young assistant into a room across from from like kind of at the front you can see we have the library we have uh, a, a sparring area. Should anyone choose to practice uh, behind us, we have uh, the uh, the stage where uh, Richard Hollow p- p- puts on his illusion show. We'll be putting on his illusion shows nightly. Uh, towards the back, uh, we have that's where a lot of the crew stays. And then downstairs below us is a lot of a lot of the you know where the cargo goes, where we keep the livestock that we slaughter for meals. Uh, we got a, we got a little doctor's office down there, and then we do uh, we have our, our crafters here. So why don't you boys settle in, uh, kind of over in the cabin room? You have a couple of drinks, and uh, we'll be departing shortly. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. 
Do you have any anti-nausea medicine? I kind of get sick on travels like this. Uh, uh, no, you know, we do have this. And she hands you what looks like was originally a feed bag from a, uh, from a horse that has been, had a air sick bag patch sewed onto it. And she goes, if you'll just take care of that, uh, and then uh, you can just dispose of that over overboard anytime you feel like it, darling. Thank you. I'm the way. So is there any particular area where you guys want to, I mean, you've got the common room uh, right around the corner from your room. There is a little bar set up there with a somewhat, somewhat bored looking waiter kind of standing there, hopefully looking that someone will come over and buy some drinks so he can get some tips. Uh, is there a casino? Uh-huh. We don't currently have a casino. We are, we may on longer voyages, if we ever fully circumnavigate the planet, uh, decide to do a casino night that would be on the deck outside the chapel. Because, you know, if you're going to be gambling, it doesn't hurt for the gods to be looking down on you. You know, I always keep some gaming dice on me. If you, I was going to say, Todd's got <laughs> dice. Always get some gaming dice on me. But I think they're crooked. Whoa, whoa. Loaded dice. Whoa, sir. Never trust a man that brings his own dice to the table. <laughs> and since you brought it up, Todd, go ahead and give me that constitution save now so we can see exactly how airsick you're going to get. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I'm getting... That yak sack's gonna get used. <laughs> yeah, with a seven, I would keep. Yeah, I would keep the yak sack handy. Their champ <laughs> with a seven. So, you guys want to post up in the common room? You're gonna hole up in your crew quarters. I'm. I'm going to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go get a drink. Bromwick's gonna set himself at a table in the corner and observe comings and goings of the common. room. All right. Excellent. You guys post up in the common room. A waiter approaches you and he goes, hey, guys, how you doing? My name's Crush. I'll be a waiter for this evening and for most of this journey. Uh, anything you need, I'll be more than happy to get you in quality Zeppelin fashion. He takes your orders, brings out a round of drinks. He goes, the first round is complimentary as part of our maiden voyage. And we found that a little bit of intoxication helps should any screaming occur. And they're a generous poor. Obviously, they. Uh, <laughs> you guys may not have been the first group of people that they've been this through. Uh, you feel a jerking, shuddering lurch and hear some muted from outside as you guys disembark somewhat less than gracefully from the dock and you're off on the maiden voyage. A couple of drinks in, a human wearing a less than, and not shabby, but not really particularly uh, up to the quality of the rest rest of the door. Again, the ship is brand banking new and and magnificent. While the the actual balloon that's attached to the ship is somewhat questionable looking, the actual hull that you guys are staying in is quite lavish. It is brand new polished teak and tiger wood floors. Even the the group room that you guys are in, yes, there's a number of hammocks, but they are elven silk knitted together. From what your your stateroom is just spectacular. Spectacular VIP from the, the dwarven steel wrought armchairs to the gnomish clocks set on the wall. The alcohol is all top shelf. You guys can you can smell the beginning of dinner being prepared in the galley and just a number of sumptuous smells kind of waft out to it. You know, the, the library that you got a glimpse of is frankly nicer than you've seen in, in some mid-sized towns with the quality of books and the breadth of knowledge that's there. So Richard looks a little bit, Richard Hollow, uh, as he steps on the stage, just looks a a little bit shabby, maybe in a normal in or, or performing environment. He, you wouldn't even think twice about it, but just something about him seems a little bit B tier compared to the rest of the accommodations. And he comes up and he goes, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is 
Richard Harlow and I'll be performing on the second stage this evening for your entertainment. Uh, and he begins a somewhat pedestrian illusionist act, which is just as much a combination of minor sleight of hand as it is actual magic with a little prestidigitation mixed in with the occasional minor illusion. Finn would like to do a, an insight check to, to determine just how much of it is actual sleight of hand and versus how much of it is magic. Cool. Give me a roll. A 23. Yeah, it's about 70, 30. You know what I mean? Like, he, like this guy is clearly an illusionist. It seems like the a little bit of sleight of hand he's mixing in is so he can draw out some of his some of his bigger uses like he'll throw out a slightly more spectacular illusion from time to time as a big finish but it's um it, it seems like he kind of mixes the sleight of hand because he's maybe being a little bit lazy as a performer as well i see i see todd would like to give an old bronx cheer boo is it loud enough that they he can hear me? Yeah, you're you're like ten feet away from him. Ooh. He goes, oh, so we. I see we have a critic in the audience this evening. What's your, what's your name, sir? Todd Tiefling, sir. Your last name is your race, Todd Tiefling. Oh, oh, are we making fun of people's what? names? Your parents were incredibly <laughs> creative, weren't they, Todd? And I can see that their wit has traveled down their line right into. I am an orphan. Oh, now we're supposed to pity the poor tiefling. Isn't that always the way? Well, I pity your garbage magic. Well, we'll see about that. And he, poof, disappears in a cloud of smoke. Hey, that's a pretty good trick. That was the best thing he's done all day. So after uh, about another hour passes, you guys are called up to the main deck where you're told dinner will be served. And up in this this large open area in between the shrine and some storage areas, a big banquet table has been put out, which can clearly seat like 40 people. And it's absurd because you've got the little old goblin lady and her <laughs> uh, her nurse or daughter on the one far end. And then you guys kind of five. Fromwick, are you sitting with the, with, with this, this group of somewhat uh, uncouth? Yeah. I'd like to keep my eye on this uh, Todd Tiefling. He seems somewhat boorish. <laughs> that, uh, that's probably, probably for yes. the best. <laughs> As you guys uh, sit down, a, a Lupine comes out. Uh, and this isn't a race that you're particularly familiar with in Amsoon. Framwick, you've seen the Lupine before. They are extremely, extremely rare. Mm. But they are, they are kind of like turtles are turtle people. The Lupine are are almost a almost like a rabbit hybrid, but not as not as animalistic as a Tabaxi with the with the heavy cat features. There are just obviously she's got two huge long ears that she kind of has pulled back behind her head in a almost kind of a ponytail esque fashion. I mean, she is decked out in uh, some incredibly slinky sequined evening wear and she steps up on the little stage in front of the shrine and begins to sing a, a musical number which is which is stunning. Starts off with kind of a slow operatic beat as music seems to drift out of the, the PA system. And you're not quite sure if it's actually coming out of the PA system or if it's been summoned from somewhere. There's almost a magical element to it. But she starts off with a slow operatic tune that builds up into its pace before transitioning into more of the traditional noir femme fatale uh, song about her being a, a helpless fool who's just Twitter-pated for you before taking a bow and walking over over to the banquet table, picking up the glass of wine in front of Todd, downing it, putting it in front of him, and then going back to her private room over I, to the side. I thought you were going to do the Fifth Element opera thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, unfortunately, my opera chops aren't that good. 
it, you know, it started off kind of with a traditional music beat, but uh, you know, this stunning rabbit woman comes out, belts out a number to to the old goblin lady's delight. Um, and frankly, it is it is an amazing performance, far beyond what you guys are used to seeing. So dinner wraps up. The captain comes down and invites you all to join him for cigars. Uh, he passes out cigars to anyone who's who's interested in having one. You guys enjoy a good a smoke or a pipe or whatever whatever floats your boat, and then uh, retire for the evening. Is there anything you guys want to do before you turn in for the night? Uh, while we're speaking, while we're uh, smoking the cigars, uh, the singer, I, I believe this would be uh, the famous Nuni Singe. Am I correct? Yes, that is correct, Nuni Singe. We are, we have, we are very, very proud to have gotten her onto uh, onto a, a an exclusive booking. We originally only had Richard, and uh, Richard uh, was our number one act. But then Nuni suddenly became available, so we moved him to the B deck. We had to move his quarters down to the secondary deck as well. Uh, he is uh, what's the word? Not the happiest about that, but you know, I mean, good God, that's Nuni. You are you are not poorer for Richard, but you are much richer for having the Nuni singe. She's very good. This you must know. Yeah, she's she is fantastic. A little bit, a little bit of a prima donna, but I think that adds to her mystique a little bit, you know. Uh, and he kind of looks over you guys, and I uh, tell you, fellas, she's been known to do a private show or two if you <clears throat> pony up the uh, the uh, ching ching, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, if you guys excuse me, I got to have a couple of more drinks and then get back to flying the ship. Uh, th- th- thank you, thank you for your time. Wait, who's flying? Uh, who's flying the ship without you? Oh, you guys, guys, don't worry. We have got you know a lot of people are worried about safety, right? So we have made sure that all of the essential crew has a backup, right? So there's the captain and there's the co-captain. My, I'm Kriak Tiberius. I'm your captain. Nice to meet you again. Welcome to my ship. Then we've got my co-captain. Uh, we got the pilot. Uh, we got the navigator and the navigator's assistant, the engineer and the sub-engineer, the chef, the cook assistant, the waiter, the waitress, the doctor, the nurse, the master of arms, the deputy of arms, the master chief's bosun's mate, the bosun's mate third class, and the chaplain. Man, we got... We got two of everybody. Is that all? <laughs> Just two, though? We believe two of everybody. We got the captain, we got co-captain, we got the pilot, uh, we got the navigator, we got the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so if the captain is has a problem and then the, the co-captain or co-pilot has a problem then is there anyone else qualified to fly this thing? Just just curious. Uh, well, no, the, the, the captain and the co-captain can't fly it. The pilot can fly it. Sorry, the pilot. Pilot and co-pilot. Yeah, is that it? No, we don't have Just, a co-pilot. So no, two of everything pilot. except pilot. Why would we need two pilots? Oh, you've got I mean, two of everything. Is that the most important part to have two of, maybe? I would like to think as the captain, I am the most important part of the. I, I am the one who brings this crew together. You're like the crew direct cruise director. <laughs> you know how many years and how many safety iterations that we've had to go through? You think this is the first Red Zeppelin? Uh, no, it, we, it is It is not. Uh, what? Wait, 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 wait. What? What happened to the other we, one? We don't, we don't talk about the other one. <laughs> well, you, you just brought it up. Oh. This is not the first maiden voyage of a Red Zeppelin, I understand. Cor- correctly. <laughs> correctly. Yes. Uh, yeah. There was, uh, there was the Brindenburg. Um, there was uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Moose Goose, oh. also not as good. Uh, <laughs> there was uh, the Stone's Throw sank. Strangely enough, sank. Not crashed. <laughs> sank. Weirdest goddamn thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, guys, the important thing to remember is plenty of backup in place. 
place. All the backups sleep on a completely different deck. Like me and the main command crew, we're up on the secure deck. Oh. It is extremely secure. And then all the backups are down sleeping by kind of by you guys are in the hold. It's totally cool. It, Nothing to worry just, about. Just one more question. How many voyages did those other ships, were they all like made like, you know, 20 to 30 successful trips or is it just the one? Well, technically none. No. I mean, if they were successful, you'd be on one of them. But we learned a lot. Let me tell you, Goblin Ingenuity and our ability to reverse engineer shit from crashes or uh, from uh, to iterate design specifics. That's that's the phrase we're using now. You know, look, was, it, was there? I'm not going to say that there wasn't like a day one patch to the blimp up above. We, you know, sure, we sewed that shit right on. It was good. But otherwise, <laughs> this thing is ready to roll right. Well, not roll. That would be weird. Then I think that would be more of like a train. And we're not gnomes. No offense there from no, no offense take them though. No. Uh, there we are. Uh, but uh, no, we we believe that goblins were meant to fly. Oh boy. <laughs> this yeah. is good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I feel great about going to sleep now, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Well, did you want to hit up the shrine before you guys sacked out for the night? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, go there briefly, uh, do a little quick thing for Rawshaw's, light a couple candles. As you step in, a a tall, slightly bluish green skin tinged goblin steps in wearing robes and just why giant shock of looks like he stuck his finger in a light socket of white hair kind of sprouted out around him and just steps in and just stares at you unblinkingly the entire time that you're you're doing your 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 dedications to Ralashaz. So um, I'm gonna keep looking you know with my hands class you know classic on my knees whatever and keep looking at the core of my eye at this guy and finish my prayer and walk over to him hey buddy what's uh what's up something wrong the sky and the clouds and the storm and the lightning yeah it uh, looks like you might have got struck by some uh is everything okay yes i have communed with the storm god once when i felt it was time for me to ascend to the true priesthood i had my brethren strap me to the bow of the the brindenburg and we sailed out into the skies and i was lashed by the tongue of the storm god and given the true vision of the skies uh okay you were on the brindenburg and how many people survived um besides me yeah one Oh, no, that includes me. One. So none, just you. Yes. Um, By the grace of the God of thunder and lightning and storm. Uh, were you on any other blimps, dirigibles? That I, I've been on every single one. I am the good luck charm. My ability to commune with the storm god grants us fair winds and passages. Ah, shit. And, uh, definitely seems to grant you fair winds and passages, uh... Buddy, uh, why don't you come with me? Uh, let's uh, let's grab a drink. Okay, and he uh, takes your hand. I uh, I take him to. Um, this is great. Most people are freaked out by my nature and electric personality. <laughs> That's a storm priest pun. Uh, I don't know uh, who's certifying you as a priest, <laughs> since you seem to be the only one hanging out with yourself. But uh, okay. Everybody calls me Spooky Leo. I'm the chaplain. Who's uh, who's everybody? Because uh, no one's hanging out with you. Yeah, no, everybody is clearly avoiding this guy. Yeah. Like, they just kind of sidle around a little bit whenever 
where he goes. And occasionally you'll see like the light fixtures flicker a little bit as he walks by as if he was carrying a much higher level of, of static charge than would be normal. Um, so I'm going to take him to the room that everyone else is in. Are we all in our own rooms? Or yeah, you, no, you guys are still, I mean, you're area. still pretty much mingling around on what is called the gunner's deck, but it's actually the kind of the, the equivalent of the ballroom on a cruise ship where they'd set up the dinner and you guys got the show from uh, from Noonie Singe. Yeah, because I definitely want to introduce this guy to Fate and Baba and people who paid a lot more attention to so-called Captain Tiberius. Okay, so Moyle walks up holding the hand of an extremely spooky-ass goblin. Ooh. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> um, oh, since I'm since I'm a copper dragon and copper is a good conductor of electricity, is anything special happening to me? You do feel a little tingle. Oh, little Bluetooth effects. You guys have a little bit of a of an uh, uh, chemistry going on. You guys kind of spark. A little bit, hooking up jumper cables to the wrong connectors. Uh, like there's that little bit of zip zap, but he doesn't seem to feel any pain and you don't either. It's just like, ooh, sparkly fingers. I knew you were special. Oh boy. What's your name, buddy? Anyways. I introduced myself as Spooky Leo, forgetful dragonborn. Well, you said that that's what people call you. So I thought maybe you had a, another name. That was your nickname. Uh, aren't goblins people? What kind of species is nonsense is this? Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, Spooky Leo. Great nickname name or maybe that's what your parents named you uh are they still around no oh. it's a nickname I, nicknames mean people like you i've seen a lot of that around are they are they, are they near us now or can we see that yeah you guys are all kind of standing around in the middle of this this banquet area kind of chilling out hey. smoking cigars having a, a cognac or two what you got there moyle got a new buddy who uh, was around with the uh remember uh all those dirigibles that uh captain tiberius seemed to say mysteriously fell out of the sky and sank uh-huh. Uh, this guy, uh, Spooky Leo, yeah, yeah. was on them. <laughs> All of them. All of them? All of them. I am blessed by the storm god. I am our good luck charm. And he kind of waves his fingers in the air and electricity kind of crackles across them. Would you like to receive a blessing from the Storm Lord? Oh, no, 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 thank you. I don't think that would be necessary. Anybody? No, Anybody? no. no nobody? No good? No good? No, no good? I'll take a blessing. I'll take a blessing. Todd, you idiot. <laughs> you would, Todd. <laughs> he does actually cast, Moyle, you would recognize him actually going through the motions of casting the blessed spell and it settles in onto Todd and Todd is, has a little bit of a, a little bit of a, uh, a, a kind of a Tesla coil effect going on. Purely cosmetic, purely showy. I'm just going to tell you, guys you guys should have took the blessing because uh this man is obviously luckier than all the other people victims of all those other dirigible is he luckier or is he the cause he's the only one alive i'm gonna go back to the shrine guys may the storm lord bless you i I think it would be good advice to say uh mr spooky leo to please not go near the gas that makes us levitate or that will not be bad please they don't they don't let me out more than away than to like 10 feet of the shrine i have to stay here and i don't really sleep so i just wander this deck all night if having any sleep sickness or air sickness at night come up and spend some time we'll pray together Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean they? Do you do you mean the captain knows about you? I work for the captain. I am the ship's chaplain. Oh, oh this. Well, uh, have you had very many people check in with you today as we start this maiden voyage? One of many. Well, considering that you six, seven, eight people are a hundred percent of our passengers currently, I I would say one eighth of our current <laughs> passenger list has spent some time with me. 
Thank you. Very good. This, this I need to know. Uh, but I like, I like the tiefling. He seems strangely polite. And he, he backs away and he's trying to like do that thing where he would be gliding backwards, but you can clearly hear him shuffling his feet <laughs> to, and like, Spooky Leo. <laughs> and this kind of glides back into the shrine. That was fucking weird. I like Spooky Leo. You would like Spooky Leo. I think he must have, mess- have possibly hit his head a few times in other crashes. Yeah, definitely. This is an observation. This I do. Hey, <laughs> we're screwed. I'm, with I'm blessed. I'm with you, Moira. I'm blessed. You're screwed. I don't. I do not like Spooky Leo's presence on this ship. It makes me very uneasy. Yeah, as long as he's away from the the the, the gas in the bladder, then I am uh, somewhat satisfied. We're gonna we're gonna wrap you guys up for the night. You finish your cigars, go down to your either your crew quarters or your stateroom. You see the elderly goblin woman and her assistant retire to their room as well. And there's a little bit of a bustle at the aft of the ship as the crew comes out, cleans up after the banquet, and and puts a number of things away. You guys drift off to sleep quite easily, although Todd, you do spend a good 10-15 minutes trying to make sense. Not hork up the the repast after the cigar. But you know what? Right when you feel like this is it, here it comes. An electrical tingle passes over you, and the blessing of spooky Leo helps you keep your food down for that evening. And and, and, and if it's okay, I would like to uh uh will pin uh, a missive to uh Miss Nooney uh, congratulating her on a job well well done and give it to the uh, steward to pass to her. Crush goes, uh I am I will definitely deliver this for you. Do you want me to put uh, a little something with it? Are you looking to maybe No 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 you know spend a little time little time with Miss Nooney tomorrow night? No 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 just simply a letter of appreciation. I appreciate what she does. That's that, that is all. That is all. I, I will pass it along, sir. And he tips his little goblin hat to you and then and goes up the stairs. Around two in the morning, the alarms begin to sound. Loud mechanical klaxons and bells ringing as lights flash throughout the entire ship. And you are all woken up quite startlingly from your sleep. And with the, to the, and it sounds like some, it's just a goblin recorded saying, really loud so much that it is a, a, a klaxon. But the lights are flashing uh, there doesn't seem to be any disturbance in the sh- the flight pattern or the path of the ship, but something clearly is going down. Is there a, a window in the in my my stateroom? Yes, on the oh my god, here's my did I should have really fucking looked up ship terms before I DM this starboard, session. Starboard moment. side, it's on the starboard, starboard side. side. Yep. There we go, starboard yep. side of the ship. Thank you. Yep. Uh, yep. From, yep. Uh, there is <laughs> portholes looking out Perfect. into the sky. Uh, Promic will look outside first to make sure that there is no glowing embers or, uh, or, or a. <laughs> quickly rising mountain. What you see is a spectacular scene from like, I mean, you've traveled across Medivh, you've ventured north into the lands of the Nordic orcs and elves. You have seen some of the most bizarre sights that, that Trikal has to offer, but you are still taken aback for a moment by the expanse of stars and clouds that spread out before you as you look out into the night sky. But you can tell by the angle of the of the ship to the cloud bank itself and the, by the array of the constellations that every, you guys are still on the same flight path and you haven't lost any altitude good this this is a beautiful scene this is beautiful what is all this damn racket you you, you guys are coming out into the hall i am yeah I, i'm i'm gonna head over to the shrine like i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> this has to be spooky leo so i'm just bolting over there because he's like well you can find me you can find me over there <laughs> <laughs> Why do you sound like a creepy clown now? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying to do Spooky Leo's voice and it sounded like you all messed up. So. Spooky Leo! There you go. Uh, uh, 
Fromwick, are you coming out into the hall to investigate? Yes, yes. Uh, he would poke his head out the door and see the, the, the traffic and follow. You guys, you see the, the party of five pile out into the common room and uh, you can you can join up with them very quickly. Everybody's going up to the stairs, back up to the common deck. Yes. Is there anything like going on in the hallway or anything or... You know, you you guys don't actually see a ton of activity. There's uh, there's really not anybody kind of rustling around. You see uh, towards the back of the ship, you see Richard pop his head out of out of a room, kind of towards the back of the ship, and kind of look around and just go, oh god! And it looks like he puts earplugs in his ears and kind of shuts the door and pops back in. But that's really the only activity you see on this particular day. Has the uh, old goblin woman in the wheelchair uh, has she come out of her stateroom at this moment? No, there's there's no activity on that uh, side. Perhaps. I'll go uh, knock on that door. Hello, yes, uh, uh, special investigator from McFint, just making sure to find that uh, everyone is okay in the middle of this uh, 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 event. Oh, th- I, Shine, we really do appreciate your uh, your your concern. We are we're quite fine. My grandmother uh, sleeps quite soundly in her advanced age uh, because of her medications, and I don't like to leave her alone because uh, you know she she could die at any second. She's very very old. Oh. Um, well, yes. And uh, this was a, this was kind of a bucket list kind of thing for her. She pulled some strings to get onto the boat, uh, and so uh, that's why I I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay here and watch over her. If you would look into the situation, I'd really appreciate it. I, I, I will check in and check out, and I hope that this is not the bucket list. I will be right back. Uh, Godspeed, sir. Godspeed. And she shuts the door, and you can hear some latching happening as she shuts it. And make my way with the rest of the group. When you get up to the common deck, that's where you can see kind of the hubbub going on. There is a group of goblins kind of meandering around, looking somewhat panicked. One finally goes over to a panel and flips open uh, and put punches in some numbers and the flashing lights stop and the regular lights come up to normal. You hear a, a yell from, from Noonie's room. Would you goddamn short green bastards keep your batshit nonsense down? Some of us have to sleep and be presentable for our show in the morning. Dedicated. The goblins are kind of milling around in a little bit of a cluster here over the, the starboard side, talking amongst themselves. As they see you guys kind of emerge from the deck, a one of them uh, in a slightly more... You guys have gotten kind of a feel for it. They've all been wearing this kind of blue uniform with brass buttons and yellow piping. Uh, and, and from what you can tell, the really the difference in rank is their hats. Like the captain had the fanciest hat, then on down to the engineer who had kind of a uh, kind of a workman's cap on. The waiter and waitress didn't have any cap. That, that seems to be the biggest differentiation in the uniform. So a goblin who is wearing the second fanciest cap you've seen come, comes over to you and goes, uh, everybody, if you could just please go back to your rooms, uh, I assure you the situation is, oh God, I don't know what we're going to do. This is fucking terrible. It's fucking serious. Uh, oh God. Woo. And he kind of bends over and grabs his side. He's like, I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, he starts hyperventilating a little bit. Oh, What seems to be the matter? It's, it's, it's a fucking bloodbath up there. The the entire command crew, they're they're gone. Oh. Is, it, is this the first group or the second That's group? the first group on the top <laughs> Yeah, judging by you know, taking a quick inventory, okay, this guy is clearly the co-captain. And then you can see somebody who you would, you know, maybe you would guess would be the chart assistant and the sub-engineer and the cook, the cook's assistant. Uh, the chef is actually still still here. And then the doctor and, and nurse. And, and the pilot was up on that second floor. Is that- They're all gone. Kriak's dead. Fucking Hikaru's dead. 
Pival. They fucking got Forg. I just, I don't know. I don't know war, where war is. I don't know where our master of arms is. His fucking deputy is standing around here with a thumb up his ass. Excuse fucking me, Spooky me. Leo is freaking me the fuck out. I'm telling you right <laughs> goddamn now. That sparky little shit. I, I thought he was supposed to be good luck. You know, we figured if he survived the other four crashes, there's no way he was going to die on this one. And now it's just, it looks like something fucking exploded him. Wait, Spooky Leo? You're talking about the, the, the Spooky Leo exploded. Is this correct? No, Spooky Leo's totally okay. I don't know oh, what the fuck yeah. that guy's deal is. Wait, are you, uh, are you from McFent? Uh, indeed. I am from McFent in the persons. Inspector General, how can I be of service? Oh, thank fucking Jesus. There's somebody here who knows something. Guys, it's going to be cool. We got ourselves a detective. Definitely. All right, look. Yes. You and your squad. Here's oh, the deal. My, my um, I'm going to give you guys the codes to the to the command deck uh you guys go check it out as as near as we can tell um something fucking happened i don't know okay you know um (laughs) that is a very astute observation something happened something happened you you'll see (laughs) i mean if i had a way to describe it i mean look i'm a goblin i've seen a lot of fucked up shit in my day all right and i'm a goblin engineer who flies a a lot i'm on a flying ship this is some majestic act shit do you see this this is real teak and tiger wood you know how hard that is to get those tigers fight like a motherfucker to keep us from cutting this shit down (laughs) yes you know like i've never seen anything like this in all my days I, I think perhaps uh, we should uh, take a look. You said that uh, they're dead, and this you know for certain. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think you'll see. I think you'll get it. Um, I tell you what, I'm gonna go, uh, go find uh, a, a, a. Hey, hey, you there with the horns? Are you using that sickness bag? Uh, uh, I keep it on me just in case. You never know, so I'm gonna need it. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go find something to hyperventilate in for a minute and try and get my shit together. I'm gonna send the rest of the crew back to their stations. Um, but yeah, if you guys, if you guys please go check it out, try and figure out what's going on. Um, there's a kind of a good news, bad news situation that, uh, uh, well, I tell you what, go check it out and then come back down here and we'll talk a little bit, a little before, bit more. Before we depart, uh, one quick question: Are we perfectly safe uh, in and and while while floating in the air without the pilot at this moment? Well, it depends on what your definition of the word perfectly is. Um, So let's say hypothetically that the captain and the pilot were the only two people who had access to steer the ship. Oh. And then let's say hypothetically they no longer existed as corporeal beings and the key that they used to uh, access the steering controls was missing. If that situation were to happen, we would still be flying in a straight line, which in and of itself isn't bad. Unfortunately, due to the gravo magro nitric center of the God's Mound, there's a chance we could eventually be pulled into a descending orbit that would cause us to go crashing into uh, the center of our divine existence ah. in a in a day or two. Oh, I see. So, oh, okay. so, so this is no longer hypothetical. <laughs> this this is for real. Then, no, yeah, no, no, we're we're screwed. Yes, we're screwed. Yeah. So wait, wait, could I captain the boat? I've been on a lot of boats. If you can find the key, we'll be cool. But uh, we have, we don't have like a key. Is. What do you mean? There's no there's no wheel. 
there's a wheel. But uh, if you've noticed, Dragonborn guy, uh, this isn't this isn't a river barge. I can tell your brown water. You got the smell of it. Uh, My goodness. This is a complicated techno magical device that combines the highest levels of goblin ingenuity and hydrogen and magical fire and steel and maybe a few ghosts. I'm not going to say there's not a fucking few ghosts involved and some lightning. And look, there's some shit going on. But those controls for security purposes, for very important security purposes, are routed through a primary console, which are attached to the wheel that require the captain or the or the pilot's key and, uh, to, to activate. And uh, yeah, not so much right now. Are you sure that, that two short swords won't handle the problem? In my line of work, it, two short swords have usually fixed many problems. Are you, are you asking me if you could stab the boat into going the right way? <laughs> oh. Can I fashion my short sword into some form of key? I'm just saying short sword usually answer all questions. You don't want to use the lockpick kit that you have, Todd? Short swords? You see him kind of wave over to, hey, uh, hey, Doc, Bevs. And you see a a goblin woman wearing a uh, a white uh, kind of doctor's trench coat come up, kind of trailed by a much quieter looking goblin man. And she goes, yeah. This is, hi, how you doing? I'm Bev's Kush. I'm the I'm the doctor. What's the problem? She's like, uh, uh, Bev's. This guy is clearly experiencing some kind of altitude sickness or oxygen deprivation. I he appears to be describing a scenario where he turned two short swords <laughs> into some uh, some uh, device which could be used to steer a a blimp uh, uh, or a zeppelin of some kind. Uh, I uh, she goes, oh okay, cool. Hey, uh, Mister Mister Tiefling, uh, could you come here for a second? She's got her uh, a, a device that she puts into her ears and she goes to start to hold up to your chest. Yeah, you should be holding that up to his brain. She goes, hold on, let me. I'm just doing a quick check here. I just want to check your your heartbeat and your oxygen levels. And uh, yeah, no, you're okay. He's just stupid. I, <laughs> he's there's nothing wrong with him. He goes, oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna go hyperventilate in the corner. Did you guys need anything else from me? You you did give us the codes already. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's um okay. okay cool. Look, sh- don't tell anybody. You guys ready? Uh huh. It's one. One. Yeah. Two. Two. Oh boy. Three. Three. I see where this is going. Four. Four. Uh-huh. Five. The five. Is there a is there a pound or a, a star before or after those? No. Why would I why would I do a pound or a star? Nobody would expect one, two, three, four, five. It's so expected, nobody would ever expect it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're yep, you're mm. right. I, I did not expect that. No. The, uh, uh, what's that nurse's? Can can she check him for stupid too? Uh, are you talking about Bev's? Bev's is the doc. <laughs> the lady is the doctor. The quiet guy, kind of trailing her, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, is the nurse. I'm, I'm not stupid. You're stupid, <laughs> doctor. Have you had an opportunity to look and see uh, 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 the, the 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 death and dreck on the top the top? Have you seen this yet? Yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, I went up there and took a look at it. It's not so much a situation that a doctor could do an autopsy with, so much as it is a painter could cover up, so to speak. Ooh. You'll, you'll, you'll see. Yes, I, I think this is good. I think, uh, I think uh, we should um, take a look. First, uh, the gentleman, uh, uh, don't touch anything. Uh, it is, an, uh, it is a, a, a scene of investigation. And we must not uh, uh, spoil it. I'm glad you said something. I was going in there just uh, uh, touching everything. Well, I do know people like that. It's true. <laughs> they touch everything. And then they really, it's annoying. But but I'm glad that we are on the same page now. You must know this. Following your lead, detective. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And with that, you guys 
travel up to the command deck, which that staircase at the back actually puts you out in the middle of the command deck in front of this area leading to the stairs to the captain's cabin. Everybody, or actually, Mr. Fromwick, give me a perception check. Aha, perception. 13 perception. Okay. With a 13, you can tell that there are additional security measures in place. There's some kind of pressure plate rigged in front of the steps leading up to the, ca- the door to the captain's cabin, as well as a complicated lock system, that both of which still seem to be armed. Hmm. Uh, the, door se- the door appears to be locked, but the pressure plate also seems to have something going on there. Uh, yes. Uh, does any of you, my colleagues, uh, have experience with uh, disarming uh, 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 traps or uh, or security devices. Uh, I can handle locks. I'm not sure. This may be something a little bit more. Um, so I, I'd like to do an investigation check okay. to see if I can determine the nature of this interesting pressure plate. And Got it. I rolled a 19. Cool. So you can tell the pressure plate, it is definitely a trap. You can't tell exactly what it does, but it is apparently weight-based, where it would be tuned to a specific weight that being too heavy or too light would probably set it off. But while you can't necessarily tell what it would do, you can intuit that opening the door to the captain's cabin will disarm it. I will also give you that you can tell that trying to jump over it onto the stairs may not be the safest course of action either. Those stairs look like they might be rigged to turn into a slide to drop you back onto the pressure plate. Well, gentlemen, this is this pressure plate seems to perhaps be uh, weight-related, and uh, step on it, uh, bad, bad things can happen, and uh, the stairs become a good slide, so you don't want to play on the slide here, but if perhaps one of you wants to try the lock, but don't step on the plate. Nutshell. How, how does one step on, try the lock without stepping on the plate? Mm. I, I don't know. Maybe there's some magical bullshit you guys can do. This is D&D. Uh, can, we talk, can I toss him? That's not magic. <laughs> Todd, let me toss you. Toss me? You're not tossing me. Athletics check. <laughs> You're not tossing me. Uh, can anyone levitate? No. No? No. Float. What about what about traumaturgy? Thaumaturgy. Give me what you would be... I mean, you can, you can create a tremor with thaumaturgy so theoretically Mm -hmm. you could try and trigger the the plate by thaumaturging it to see just what would happen when it goes off Mm. that's what i'm thinking i would have just dropped my hammer on it then if that was the case you got you got magic hammers what if it opened up and i lost a hammer you you got the brother's hammers it's gonna come back i'm thinking that perhaps it's uh, it's aligned to the the weight of of, uh, a goblin uh anything bigger than a goblin uh, might set off the pressure plate. This this is what I'm, I'm thinking, but I, what do I know? I'm just investigating. So directly to the east of where you guys are standing is a hallway that has a pressure plate that seems to occupy a 10-foot length of the hallway, leading to three steps going up to a wooden and steel door, uh, which clearly has a, a handle and a, and, a, and a keyhole for like a lock. It's not like the electrical panel like that you guys had to use to get up to here. Then off to the right of the stairs, there's a little hallway that appears to lead to a couple of other cabins mm. of the command crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I look around to see if there's a, a some kind of uh, a heavy bust or or a, a potted plant of some sort that 
that if need be, we can drop on the, the pressure plate. Um, yeah, du- kind of directly to the right of the main in- uh, of the entrance into the hallway leading to the command deck, there are some supplies that have been stashed to the side. Hmm. Looks like there's like a little cask of ale, a bale of what looks to be tobacco, and a couple of different strange little looking backpacks. Ah, well, th- there you go. Perhaps we just uh, uh, take all of these items and put on the plate until it reaches the way to uh, activate the mechanism, and then we just continue forward. All right, guys, give me some medicine checks to approximate your knowledge of the average weight of a goblin. Uh-huh. Medicine checks? 13. 18. 18 for me. 13. A big fat eight from Promwick. This this medicine thing's not for me. Actually, let me see where you guys average out at. When doing the show, we throw away the lowest one. Everyone knows that. All right, you guys average out right at the DC. Set it at a DC 14. You guys average out with your rolls to a 14.33. So yeah, you're able to kind of basically make a little goblin effigy out of this. Like, okay, we'll take the the barrel will be his body and then we'll put some of this tobacco on his head and then we'll put these little bags on him. My, my robe is terrible. I think this is just too heavy. <laughs> too heavy. My, too heavy. No, I know, I know exactly how much a goblin weighs. We need this. We need this barrel. Who's going to scooch your straw goblin onto the platform? Uh, well, um, <clears throat> I, I'm not very strong. <laughs> I'll do it. Yes, I, I do the thinking around here. You guys kind of slide it into place and breath, kind of hold your breath for a second. And then you hear click, 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 and nothing happens. You would intuit that you have guessed the right weight. Ooh. And you can see some supports kind of slide into place underneath the stairs. So you could absolutely now jump over it, reach the stairs, and then uh, try and get into the captain's quarters. Uh-huh. Todd, jump. Pick the lock. Well, I, I guess. Or open the door. I'm not sure if it's locked. Oh, I could. I get, okay. I guess Todd will jump over what's there. Give me an acrobatics check. All right. Just regular jump? No, of course not. Okay. Is there a ninja roll? All right, back up then. Hold on, because this affects your DC. <laughs> Please tell me what you're doing. <laughs> I can't. Know. Okay. All right. All right. What am I doing? I was. I can't. You can't just ninja roll over a barrel. Come on now. Come on. Everyone knows that. Uh, you're, but, you're yes. Look. High jump. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like a Superman roll into like Superman over the barrel into a tuck and roll. Okay. Give me your acrobatics, big guy. Oh, it's right there. It's a nine. That's not good. (laughs) So you guys see Todd back all the way up to the other end of the command deck where you there, the locked door into the control room is come barreling down the length of the command deck at full speed leap into the air striking a heroic pose, but very similar to that time he fell out of the tree in the woods. His boot, man, his boot just catches the top of the straw goblin and he, 90 degree hinge, drops down onto the panel and you can hear some additional clicks happen. Oh, it's not good. Uh, You guys hear some sparking and some electricity spin up and crackle and Todd will take. I'm going to let y'all know something about this. You, You had one job, one job. That's it. Seven points of electrical damage and is stunned on the plate and will continue to take seven points of electrical damage each round until you guys figure out how to get him off or open the door. I am starting a timer now until he takes his next damage. What the? Uh, where's, where's Moyle at? Wait, Moyle. Can, we, can we now go? Moyle. Can we all just walk over to the door no, now? No. Unless you want to be a Todd and get zapped. Well, I can't get zapped. But that's what I'm saying. Grab Todd off of the plate before he gets zapped some more. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, 
it, will the weight affect anything? It, I mean, it'll be back. You to can't take electrical before. damage. Yeah, just, just grab Todd. Yeah, but where where, just, where am I going? He's not immune okay. to electrical damage. He's resistance. It just means he takes half damage. Right. None of you guys are answering my question, but uh, I guess you guys. The answer to your question, Miles, you don't know till you try it. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll just go grab Todd. <laughs> I mean, I I don't. I'm not. I'm not worried about the electricity, but I'm worried about tripping the weight. I, I think I think if you take uh, the the deep, it's already been tripped. Take the tiefling away. Perhaps uh, the electricity go with it. Exactly. Moyle, you go over and yank Todd. Well, I was going to say you go over and yank Todd off. But that wasn't going to come out right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole different kind of podcast. <laughs> no, this, this, that's exactly the kind of podcast this is. <laughs> There's a role for Girth coming that hasn't been released yet, but that is right around the corner. So maybe we sink to that low. So you, you manage to remove Todd from the trap. You take two points of electrical damage. Todd, as, as we all know, Todd's battle cry is there's no bathroom on the battlefield. <laughs> and, and apparently the effects of the trap has loosened my bowels, has loosened his bladder, <laughs> to say the least. Oh, and the and the Todd's tane has reappeared. Yeah. <laughs> on the positive, you guys can see the panel reset and the trap disarm again as the weight goes back to the correct balance. Where does Todd keep his lockpicking kit? Is it in his pants? Listen, I'm going back. I'm You're- going back over this time with a de- a more regular jump. Is he not stuck? <laughs> does does, does, does stuck? anyone have something that uh, perhaps does not conduct the electricity so that when Todd the Tiefling smacks in the middle of the platform again, <laughs> he, he perhaps does not fry like an omelet. Uh, non ferrous No. No, me either. Very. Nope. No, 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 he could sleep soundly when he's electrocuted. Chad, <laughs> <laughs> you want to, you know, you go, you go for another jump? I'm going for another jump. That's what the cleric is for. Regular jump this time, or are you going gonna to double down on being fancy? Do you know what's funny about this? Right? It, it, I hate this. My dexterity is supposed to be one of the things that I do. I don't get many of these athletic checks that work at all. Because you need to make acrobatics. Yeah. No, that last one was an acrobatics check. And, and I still hit nine. I never bad. get these things. I get plus four. That was just me venting. But I would do a regular. Yes. All you had to all you had to roll was on the dice an eleven or higher because mm-hmm. it was a fifteen DC. You rolled a. <laughs> Five. Five. So here's yeah. the deal. If you're going to do a regular jump, it's going to be a 10 DC. You would have to roll a six or higher on the die. If you want to do something fancy, it's going to be a 15 or higher. I would remind you that you do have inspiration, which would give you the ability to roll this check at advantage if you wanted to burn your inspiration on doubling down on Todd's fancy jumps. I'm doubling down on Todd's fancy jumps. God damn it. Oh, this should be nice. I want to watch. You're the best. <laughs> so roll, give me another roll with advantage. With advantage, here we go. Todd says, nah, I can get that jump. He tries the exact oh, same God. jump. Two fours. The exact same jump. This time. Give me two fours. <laughs> I, mm. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh. This, this is the worst rolling of for acrobatic check I've ever seen. <laughs> you have a future in engineering. <laughs> yeah, I have. Todd takes another eight points of electrical damage, and somebody's going to need. I'm just going to say Moyle t- pulls him off again. I don't know if Andrew's uh, if it's, Andrew's yeah, back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, definitely a future in the arts. All right, eight. Uh, 
down yeah. at 11. So let let it be known that uh, Todd is now using a healing potion because he is woozy. Okay. Mm. <laughs> he is very woozy. I'm glad that you burned your inspiration and a healing potion on a set of fucking stairs. Yes. You! Whoa! <laughs> whoa! 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 Are you jumping? Uh, I could jump. I could do the jump. You want me to do the jump? I'll do it, and I won't even be able to pick the lock, so it'll be a waste of my time. So then shut up. If you if you can't get the job done, then shut up. 14, motherfucker. I jumped the thing. <laughs> yeah, Aldrin, Aldrin, like, hops over and then hops back and then hops over and then hops back. Yeah, I, if, if we're just hopping over and hopping over, I can do that. No, you can't. Maybe. These elves are foot. You are, you are no longer allowed to talk about fate. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, if I use this he- extra healing potion, how much does it give? You me? give yourself eight points of hip, eight, 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 eight for an extra heal. I paid good money for that. I don't know that you did. Actually, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are stolen potions. Oh, no, he paid for no. Them. I paid for the extra healing. But he didn't use the coupon. That was the problem. I, oh, that's right. So these are the extra healing. Anthony, do you remember how much extra healing are off the top of your head? Fifty coins. <laughs> No, I don't. The greater healing potions. Greater healing. Greater healing. I think is four d four plus four. There you yeah. go. Yes, it so is. Roll four d four plus four. There, Big Todd. Twelve. Okay, so I'm at twenty three now. Do you want to just hop over the plate now? Or are we going for attempt number three? Uh, it's been bad luck to me. I'm ho- the fancy schmancy has been no no. I'm hopping over the plate. Just a regular hop over. Todd has been defeated. You get a twenty three on your right hop chance. over. So let the record show when you finally gave up, you would have succeeded had you gone a third time. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Todd jumps over sadly. <laughs> the sad jump? Just the sad the jump. Charlie Brown walk jump. Mm. Give me a quick proficiency roll with your Thieves tools to pick the lock. Yeah. You pop the, the door right open quite efficiently. Oh, this you're very good at. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, jumping is spectacular. Jumping is not my thing, but it won't stop me. Yeah, well, can't stop, so don't stop. Maybe should stop. And stop, don't stop. Won't stop. Maybe pit stop. Yeah. As the door opens, you guys hear several supports slide into place and can see that the, the trap is disarmed. The door opens into what is clearly a very richly appointed captain's cabin. A little love seat kind of sits facing the door. There is a kind of a sofa table with a couple of books and a crystal sphere on top of it. Over in the left-hand corner, you can see the captain's desk with his journals and paperwork, astrolabe, small bookshelf, a rug, a little dining table. You can see the captain clearly regularly had his meals in his room, and then a bed towards towards the aft of the ship uh, with a with a larger seating area and what you would expect would, would be probably a, a private bathroom. Also, blood. Gallons and gallons mm. of blood. About a goblin's worth of blood. Goodness. Starting in the center of the the carpet in the center of the room and then spread out and splashed on the walls, splashed across the little love seat, smeared through into the sitting area. It is if someone just took buckets of goblin blood and splashed it around the room. Oh, goodness. Um, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to uh, make an investigation roll to uh, just check out the, check out the room before anyone uh, touches anything or, or makes any any uh, mess. Uh, I rolled a 19 on investigation. The 19 on investigation, from as you kind of scour around a little bit, you begin to pick up 
some evidence of what had happened. And at first, it looks like a little, yep, yep, that is, that's a knuckle bone of the captain that, that's rolled underneath his desk that appears to have had the flesh stripped out of it and the marrow sucked out. Oh, knuckle bone, yes. And then you you pull back the carpet and you flip it forward, and you pull back the carpet. Oh. And, uh, oh, look, there's a, a faint claw mark that's etched into the wood of the, the deck of the ship that the rug can maybe been slightly repositioned to cover up. Oh. It's clear something came in and attacked the captain and consumed him. Goodness. Yes, it's clear that something came in, attacked the captain <laughs> and consumed him. Oh, man, that's, that's not good. There was definitely a claw involved. Fate, you kind of cased the room a little bit looking for any telltale scorches that might be present from somebody casting uh, a firebolt or a magic mistle. Is there uh, any frost in the, the glass of water kind of sitting on the desk that might have been uh, like a cone of coal? Like you run through the various elemental aspects of magic looking for any signs that might have been left on the environment and don't come up with a whiff of anything. Uh, I'd like to do a, a perception check. I'm going to take out my monocle. And I'm going to put it on my left eye and I'm going to examine the room to make sure that our culprit isn't hiding in plain sight. And uh, that would be an advantage on my perception. Uh, and so, so the first roll is a, a 14 and the second roll, the second roll is a 24. One of the uh, items that Fromwick has would be Marple's Magnificent Monocle, which gives him advantage on perception. And, and I think it's perception and insight uh, there. It's a perception. If, if I put it on my right eye, it's perception on insight. Left eye perception on uh, uh, left eye's perception. And if I extend my arm and peer, it's advantage on investigation. So you see him pull out this monocle and place it uh, over his left eye and, and scan the room. And with a 23, I will give you... 24. I'm sorry, 24. I will give you that you don't see anything in the room, but mm. you do start to question if there might be something outside the room. Oh, perhaps uh, uh, a port porthole on the outside of the ship or on the outside of the room. You guys do see six portholes lining the mm -hmm. exterior of the of the captain's cabin, and they would be large enough for a small humanoid to fit through. Ah. Gentlemen, perhaps we should check the portholes. I, I, I'm looking around for any invisible or, or hidden uh, peoples, but uh, perhaps I'm getting the sensation that maybe someone could scamper through these portholes. Please, let us let us look outside if we can. We each go to the nearest porthole, I guess. And so I'll go to the nearest uh, uh, porthole to me. I'll take the next one, Dan. Is there a deck on the outside of those portals or are they they're just outside? Okay, if you go back to the middle of the command deck, Baba, that is open on the uh, kind of north and south side. So you would be able to see the hull of the ship that makes up the block of the command deck. Um, this is kind of almost like a, a metal gangway in between the aft section and the foredeck mm -hmm. with the aft section being the command crew's living quarters and the, and the front section being the actual control room. So this middle area is kind of like a, a, a railed wall walkway that you would be able to see the exterior portion of the couple. Yeah. So I want to kind of examine kind of, I want to look around the outside. Like there, I don't want to go in the room. I don't want to be in the room. I want to go cool. around the outside. Give me a perception check since you're not able to kind of, unless you want to climb out onto the actual hall of the ship. I'm just going to look for any goblins on the wing. All right. Then just give me perception. And we rolled a nat one. <laughs> 
it's it's really dark out and the wind is stinging your eyes a little bit and they immediately tear up and you don't you don't see anything Uh Um, Mm. uh, and the rest of you two things you discover one the portholes don't open Mm. they are set into the steel of the ship and two you can't get at a good angle to see it baba had the the right idea I see that. Okay. Perhaps uh, uh, perhaps uh, I'll take a look uh, where the Baba was taking the look. Cool. Give uh, me a perception check unless you want to climb out under the hole and do a full-blown investigation. Uh, you know, I, 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 I would. I will climb out on the uh, hole and do a full-blown investigation. We will do this. I uh, think give me an athletics check. Athletics. Okay. Well, let's see what we got going on here. Uh, this sounds wonderfully dangerous. <laughs> it's incredibly dangerous. Do you want to do you want to tie a rope around your waist or anything? Sixteen. Uh, I, this may be considered sixteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would still recommend that you guys tie a rope around from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, I felt I felt the wind blowing up in my loafers. I think this is perhaps I should be tied off. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I take uh, some rope and and uh, tie it around its waist. Ooh, uh, careful there. <laughs> so you guys, you guys, um, umbilical uh, Fromwick, and, and Fromwick, yes, a 16 allows you to kind of scamper out. You guys are, are are high enough up that the concern really is more that if you stay out here too long, you'd freeze to death than from the, the strength of the wind. But you are able to kind of climb around uh, at the porthole. Are you using your uh, another charge of your monocle? I am, and I'm going to extend the arm, and I'm going to peer through it before my investigation okay. for it. I'm going to give you a flat roll on this because you're clinging to the side of a blimp in the middle of the night. Yeah. So the uh, the magical item will offset the disadvantage you would normally have. So we're going to give a, we're give a flat roll. This is completely normal. Completely normal for me. <laughs> Okay, so uh, investigation. Uh, the first roll would be first roll is a twenty six, uh, which is a natural twenty. Uh, second roll is a well, it's a what's a nineteen. Well, remember you're you're just doing the one roll because oh, right, you would be a correct. disadvantage uh, in that. Yeah, well, 20, but with a nat twenty, yeah, nat twenty. With a nat twenty, it, it doesn't matter. Right. So you get out there and right away you spot un- some claw marks. Now, what's interesting and what I'll give you with a nat twenty, the claw marks seem to start at the window and it, it's it's odd. So you've got the window and then about five or ten feet from the window, the claw marks appear as if out of nowhere. Mm. And further below that. There's no trace whatsoever. But with a nat 20, what I'll give you, and especially since you have a history of investigation, is you are familiar with a spell called Pass Without Trace. Uh And you are familiar with the concept that this spell requires concentration to maintain. And you can intuit that perhaps a creature using Pass Without Trace climbed up the side of the blimp and then had to drop the spell to cast another spell to pass through the porthole. Because that's where it appears, the, the, because the claws go right up to the captain's porthole and then stop. You can kind of intuit, okay, clearly they use some kind of magic to obscure their approach that they had to discard, perhaps to cast another spell that would allow them to pass through the porthole into the captain's chamber, bypassing the security and the traps. And uh, Fromwick turns to the group and says that. <laughs> it's that magic bastard, isn't it? Fr- Fromwick clinging onto the side of the ship is yelling out, So I think! There was somebody <laughs> magical. Yes, of course. They, the pass went out to the trace, and then they, they lose the concentration, and uh, you'll you get the idea. Do you want to come back in? What? <laughs> it's kind of weird. I got a bug in my mouth. I'm coming inside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> my hair is the frizzle and and uh uh you know uh and I'm I'm askew but yet uh I uh, tell you 
the whole nine yards. So you guys now have an idea of what happened to the captain and the command crew. Do you guys want to look in the other cabins while you're up here? Yes, uh, we cannot leave any stone unturned. The navigator's room is the exact same scene as the captain's as the captain's chamber. You've got, obviously, it's a smaller room, not quite a, a nice setup. You can actually see that there are two bunks in here where it looks like the pilot and the navigator shared a space. There are two bunks, uh, a small shared bathroom and like a bench, um, a couple of charts hanging up on the wall. Uh, and then next to that, the engineer's room, which again is even slightly smaller. It's a single room. There's a, a dresser with some cogs and gears and some like a wrench uh, and an oil can on top of it. Giant puddle of uh, blood spray. Co-captain's small room is is untouched because he wasn't up here when the incident happened. Aha. Uh -huh. We must find out where he was. I will give you, uh, just for the sake of time, as you guys poke around these rooms, having a little bit more of a feel to look for, you can start to detect similar signs as you found in the captain's room. You find a, a scrap of flesh, a fleck of bone, the occasional mm. hastily concealed claw mark. But again, it appears that something climbed up the side of the ship, passed through the portholes magically, and ate the command crew. Oh, Richard Hollow. This is what I call a, a, a in-flight meal. <laughs> I, I think it was that magic bastard that put on that horrible show earlier. Well, let's just not jump to hasty conclusions because uh, one might think because of the horrible show that might uh, exclude him from being good at the at this kind of thing. But we don't know, do we? Nope, not until we kick in his door in. He did disappear, though. He did. He disappeared back into his room like uh, so many other people that I do know. Yeah, I think we need to ask some questions now that we kind of know what's going on. Do we know what's going on? Oh, I mean, we know that something came up in here and ate people. We know enough to kick in doors. <laughs> we know enough to kick in doors. Yes. I, I think perhaps uh, we should uh, uh, bring out everyone and question them to their whereabouts and make sure that we do not have uh, uh, something else in our midst. Sounds like a good idea. You guys go down to the common deck. The co-captain is waiting there for you. He goes, oh, you guys, you guys saw, right? Indeed we did. Oh, I'm, feel, I'm feeling much better now. I've told everybody to go back to their rooms. I've confined everybody to quarters. I figured you guys might want to do some questioning. Are we going to be okay? Are you going to figure it out? I'll tell you guys, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm confused by the whole situation. Whoever did this uh, took the key. Uh, they're going to die too, you know? Like, that's the weird thing about it to me that I don't get. Like, it's not like this thing crashing into the side of a giant fucking DET-infested mountain is good really for anybody. That's what's bizarre to me. Indeed, indeed. Uh, which, uh, which, which crew member was in possession of the key at the time? Was it the captain? Uh, it would be that, yeah, the captain generally hangs on to it. He lets the pilot in to steer, activates the controls, and then takes it out, you know. We, you then, know, now that you guys mention it, we probably should have fucking had a co-pilot. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, good idea. Yeah, you think? Nah. You had two of everything else. <laughs> and where were you at again? I like this guy. Uh, me, I was, uh, make a inside check for me there, Todd. Yeah, he goes, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was, um, I was doing, uh, the standard crew inspection that, uh, that I should normally be doing. 19. Uh, and you can see the entire time he's talking, he's throwing his eyes kind of over to Noonie's room. But yeah, no, I was, uh, I was totally doing my, my normally <laughs> responsible, re responsible duties, you know, co-captain stuff. I'll use my ear for deceit, the uh, insight, uh, to, of course, see if he's lying. Anything over uh, seven and under is an eight. So uh, let's uh, 
Let's take a look at that. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I, it, he's not he's not doing that good of a job lying. You guys all like. Can I can I use my uh, can I use my magical perception of oh, perversion? <laughs> yeah, <it's terrible. laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my, my, I don't even need the insight. Yeah. <laughs> but, no. so wait. So was. Noonie, were you with Noonie the entire time? I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I tell you, intimidation, I'm, intimidation, <laughs> intimidation. I don't like when it's you answer my question. Please let it be low. Are you just yelling intimidation at him? What are you? Doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I do an intimidation thing? I don't know. Like, what is this guy doing? Like, he thinks, he thinks he's Wonder Woman using a golden lasso. Doing an intimidation check. <laughs> AT, I grab him by his collar and ask him, now was she with you the were you with her the entire time? Uh yeah, I uh, I was I was in Miss Nooney's room. Yes. It was uh, it was obvious that you were lying. <laughs> I just want to make sure I know where she was at. Was well, look, she with look, man, um Did she step out for anything? Well look, oh God, this is embarrassing. Um I like to sneak into her room when she's not there. I'm not going to say for any particular reason. It's nothing embarrassing. Panty sniffer. I just like to sneak into her room when she is not there. Uh, and that Ooh, was what I was doing. And she, no, she wasn't there when I went in. She was not there okay. then. Yes. No, no. You are you are the captain now by all, uh, mm. by default. Yes. So uh, at this point, I think it would be good if maybe you bring out all the passengers uh, into the common room and perhaps we can uh, uh, have a meet and greet. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can ask everybody. Do you want the whole crew and everything up here? Uh, I, all the the unnecessary personnel, if, if those that are important in keeping this uh, vessel uh, afloat at this moment, uh, we can talk later. Everybody who is really important about keeping the vessel afloat, uh, you've seen where they're at. So uh, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and oh. just. Uh, I will. He get, reaches over and picks up a funnel-looking device and puts his face into it and goes. Could the entire crew come to the uh, the the common deck, please? There is a uh, a situation we need to discuss pertaining to our all uh, eventual and imminent death. You guys can hear kind of a shuffling as a group of goblins kind of come up from the bowels of the ship and come in and sit down at the banquet table uh, as instructed. Mm. Good. Very good. So, uh, let me to introduce myself. My name is Special Investigator from Wickfint of the Gnomish Alliance of the Jewelers into Gym Colors. And this, this, this you must know. So, this is not my first Fandango. I'm here to um, find out and get to the bottom. Anybody here Dislike the captain. There's a little bit of you know, kind of shuffling. Like, well, look, I mean, the sub-engineer speaks up. Uh, he goes, yeah, hi, uh, uh, my name is Scoot Monty. You know, look, Forg, my boss, was kind of a jerk. He took credit for all my work. I mean, I'm the one who really does everything around here. But, you know, look, there are uh, there are worse gigs, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody of us here really wants to die, no matter how much we didn't like our bosses. I mean, we're all screwed. Why would, why would someone take the key and, uh, and, and yet know that their death is imminent. Is there any reason that someone would do such unless they were trying to commit a suicide? Uh, yeah, no, I, look, man, I, I, not that I can think of, I'll be honest with you. Hmm. No, this makes you sane. Sane, then. Maybe someone didn't know that the key was uh, that essential? Mm. No, they, they knew. You think so? Then why would they take it? I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying maybe they didn't know that that was going to seal our doom. <laughs> they knew. Is Spooky Leo there? Yeah, Spooky Leo is here and he's drifting around the perimeter. Like he didn't sit down with everybody. He is kind of drifting around the perimeter of the group, kind of like Trump in a presidential debate. 
Um, and yeah, just wherever you guys look, Spooky Leo's in the background, kind of doing not jazz hands, but I'm going to call them lightning fingers, like closing his fists into a ball and then throwing his fingers out, fists in a ball and throwing his fingers out. Mm. Yes, uh, Stormlight. Uh, this Mr. Spooky Leon, um, did uh, was there any chance that you were in commune with the the storm gods in the last uh, the last uh, hour or so? I am in constant communion with the storm lords. Yes, yes. Did did any of that uh, take place on the outside, where you might have had uh, a view of the exterior of uh, of of the vessel? No, in my baptism of lightning, when I was strapped to the bow of the of the Brendenburg and lashed by the kiss of the storm lord, I, that was really the most for me. I'm never going outside again. It is. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been lashed by lightning, but it's not. It's not super great. Although, uh, praise the storm lord. Uh, no, I I was in the. I just mostly hang out here. I don't sleep anymore at all. Uh, it helps me see things. I see. Ah, oh, yes, I see. But did speaking of seeing things, did any of you hear or notice uh, uh, some abnormality um, uh, near a porthole uh, to the outside of the hull of the vessel? Hear a strange noise? Uh, anything such as this? You see one goblin uh, raise his hand, and he's got like a small little blunderbuss strapped across his head. He goes, excuse me, sir, I'm uh, Udu Rene. I am the uh, deputy of arms. Um, I, I believe I heard a strange noise come from my boss's cabin downstairs. Uh, he's not here right now. He didn't come up with the rest of you guys. I'm, I'm kind of, it's a little strange. Oh, well then. Huh. Uh, so, and, and he... And, and this boss of yours, he was not on the top floor. He was on this, this level. No, no, he's the master of arms. We keep him downstairs with the rest of us. He kind of keeps us in line. Really a pleasant fellow, though. War, Fedorn, you guys met him earlier. You know, decent guy. He, uh, he's down, he normally stays downstairs. We're next door to, uh, to, to Dick Hollow, uh, the human guy. He doesn't like it when you call him Dick Hollow. We love it. <laughs> yeah, we moved him down there. He's in between us and uh, uh, Scoot, the sub-engineer. I see. Uh, perhaps uh, one of us uh, should go check the chambers of our uh, War Fedor. Oh, uh, yeah, cool. You guys, I can take you right down there. You want to come with me? Yeah, that, that would be, that would be uh, uh, good. Yes, please. Okay. He takes you down downstairs back into the crew deck back towards the aft of the ship by the stair by the circular staircase that kind of leads through the different levels to the security officers chambers and he kind of knocks a little bit and he goes hey boss you didn't you didn't come upstairs when the rest of us were and he realizes the door isn't locked and he opens it up and you guys can see a bloated goblin corpse laying in the uh, on the mattress in the bed oh Ooh. this this is this is not good uh, oh dear um, when's the last time you saw him a couple hours ago I mean like dinner with everybody, really. I mean, I, I I stay right across. Like, so here's, here's, you know, we're standing outside of my room over next to us. That's where Dick Hollow's at. Then uh, then that's my room right there. And then a little bit further down is uh, where the, uh, the Bev's stays. And look, between you and me, the nurse, he sneaks in there at night. He doesn't talk a whole lot. He's married. He goes on these journeys with Bev's because they're hooking up. Don't tell anybody, I tell you. Kind of a little bit of a gossip. The boss always got on to me for it because it's an officer of the law. I'm not supposed to talk about people's private business. But you know, I mean, look, we're on a, we're on a goddamn boat. I think this is a good time to uh, give up this information. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Udu. Is it normal for a corpse to be that bloated that soon, though? Like, that seems weird. Give me some medicine checks for, or investigation checks if you want to check out the court. I would rather do the medicine check. Ugh, six. Not gonna get much for that. Yes, yes. Investigation check. Yeah, I did it. I got a six. It was not good. I got Ooh. a one. That's even worse. Yep. 
yeah. investigation yeah. check. Let's see what we got here. Probably should leave it to the professional. Yes. <laughs> 11 investigation check. Oof. Does anybody Oops. else want to give this a crack? I'm distracted by the corpse. That's a fat body. Fate will do some inspecting of his own. It just feels as though perhaps everyone's missing something. Um, let's see. What can I find? With a 13? With a 13. Framick, with with your 11 and Fate, with your 13, you guys can tell that this guy has been poisoned. Ooh. Unfortunately, with the, your roles at an 11 and a 13, you're not going to be able to identify what kind of poison. Yes. But you can tell from the general bloating and corpulence of the corpse that something toxic entered this guy's system. I see. And perhaps, uh, perhaps it might be a good uh, opportunity to bring the doctor in to perhaps uh, uh, see if she has any idea what kind of poison might have created this this reaction. Hoodoo goes, yeah, okay, cool. I'll go grab Bev's. And he scampers upstairs and brings Bev's back down. And she comes down and she goes, oh, my God, I can't believe they got war. They got war. Oh, this guy, he saw he saw his way through the whole Dominion War thing. It was just, uh, oh, my God. Uh, you know, look, I'm going to be honest with you, fellas. I'm not really a qualified doctor. All right. I'm a ship's doctor. Uh, I give out like these pills that make you not feel seasick. The doctor rolled a one on her medicine check. <laughs> so uh, look, here's the thing. I'm a ship's doctor, which means I give out pills. I give out barf bags. I This guy's clearly dead. I can tell you that. I can tell you. Sorry, I, a lady. I can tell you that much. But uh, that's all I got, guys. Sorry. So you you have a, a, a an assistant, a nurse. Is this correct? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I got the the nurse. Uh, the, the nurse is my boy. I understand that this is actually uh not just figurative but literal. That uh, perhaps you have a, a ting ting. Oh yeah, yeah. We're totally shagging up a storm. Oh, yeah. Like he comes on the <laughs> like he's really the one who knows all the medical shit. I just pretend to be the doctor to get the free twist. And so I can bang my boyfriend. I mean, have you seen this place? It's fucking fantastic. So what you're saying is you cannot clinically diagnose my stupidity. No, I think anybody could clinically diagnose your stupidity. No, 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 no. So you have no degree to diagnose that. Guys, I'm not stupid. See that? I'm going to tell I, you what uh, the doctor you know, doesn't need to diagnose stupid. Just saying. <laughs> I, I knew I knew you were not stupid. I knew it the moment I saw you fall down twice on the platform. I knew it. I like this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, he fell down twice on the platform? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Miss Bev, uh, if you do not mind, maybe go get this boyfriend of yours, and perhaps he could do the the uh, the, the the observations on the body. Yeah, sure. I'll go get. I'll go get the nurse. Hang on. She scampers upstairs and brings the nurse back, who kind of gives you guys a silent nod. Uh, your, what is, your name, please, sir? Yeah, yeah. I'm the nurse. That this is your uh, appellation that you go by. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. It's kind of like kind of like Cher, except you know the dragon Cher. She's fantastic. I love that gal. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like that, except I'm the nurse. It's kind of a thing. The nurse. Well, oh my God, this guy's been poisoned by Blackthorn. Oh. Jesus, you don't see that very often. Well, you know, this is what I was going to ask you. Thank you for for coming uh, uh, straight out and letting us know this. Um, how- Look, man, I'm going to be honest with you. That shit is crazy. Uh, that is some top tier assassin level shit. I don't get to see that very often. Look, I used to, I was in the Medivian Mafia. All right. That's how I got into this whole fucking thing where I go and I put myself on these goddamn giant boats and disappear for a while and, and then bang Bev. We, even <laughs> we never used Blackthorn. That stuff, you got to be super careful with it. You can't come into contact with it. You can't touch it. It's instantly fatal. It's like one of those things where, yeah, like you ever got into one of those poison challenge contests with your friend where you put poison in the cup and you got to try and guess which one it is. And then if you get it wrong, you got to, hopefully you're good enough friends that the guy will give you the antidote before you die. We would never no. use Blackthorn for that shit. Like no. it, you're done. 
you are done, son. How, how would one transport the, the, the Black Dawn to this uh, ship if, if one were going to use it in such a manner? Uh, I mean, dude, it's such a small amount that you need to kill anybody. You could have a small little vial of powder and smuggle it in any million different ways. We're all security clearance here. I mean, the only people who would like bring something like that uh, uh, would be, uh, and he starts to look at you guys and he starts to kind of beg, Bev, let's go to the room. And they kind of scamper off and slam the door. So I, I do believe from this uh, <clears throat> observation that it might be a passenger. Hmm? That's what it sounds like, huh? A passenger would sneak this on. Mm-hmm. So perhaps this is where we go next. We bring forth all the passengers to the common room. So perhaps we can ask them some questions. You mean the, the other two? The other two, or perhaps, perhaps <laughs> it could be. Uh, do, do the do the performers count as passengers? I guess I, I would. I would say so in this situation. Yes. Then let's go kick in the, the magician's door. You go get the magician. I'll go check on the, the wheelchair woman. And uh, would anyone like to go uh, get the, 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 the diva? Uh, I'll go. Good. I am going to accompany Todd, as I assume he will be kicking in doors and waving four fours. Oh, the, oh the, Todd is coming with thunder. Okay. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, the wheelchair lady had a caretaker. Indeed. That's, yes. That's two. Two to one. So y'all might want to go. <laughs> Indeed. I'll go. I'll go with. The, I'll go with the old lady. Okay. This. Finally. This is good. This is good. Let's let's round up the passengers and let's get to the bottom of this mystery, shall we? Wait, wait. Please let me kick into this guy's door. Oh, by all means, <laughs> do the thing that you're best at. Yes. Um. Uh. Todd, that would be give me give me an athletics roll there, Mister Tiefling. All right. There's no way he's kicking that door. Damn it. <laughs> Todd takes a running start and goes in with a full drop kick, two feet to smash the door in. Uh, Doesn't even knock first, just kicks the door. Like a Liu Kang flying kick? With two, just a full drop kicking. (laughs) He knows he's going to, he's going to hit the ground, but he's prepared. He's just two feet to the door. Right. So you take this door to pound town and and blast it open. (laughs) And uh, Richard is sitting on his bunk. He's like, what the hell, man? Did you kill them? Oh my god! That's I just come in. I have no investigative. I ask. I go straight up to the Swear to me. What are you talking about? Did I kill? What are you? What? What? Oh, so you just gonna act like you have no clue what's been going on this whole time? You just been sitting in the room while everyone's been panicking? No, I'm. Yeah, I've been sitting in the room waiting to fucking die, man. I've been putting my affairs in order and put like putting some messages together that I can send them to my family. I'm sorry, I don't want to make him sound like I've been putting messages together to send them to my family. So I'm putting to preparing my last will and testament. I have children that I have to take care of. Uh, fate, do some checking around here for magic. This guy, he's, he's up to something. Mm, as a magician, he's probably got some type of manner, uh, manner of magic around him. Let's find out what we can see. With an 11? Yeah, with an 11, you can see he's got some, there's some, there may be some truth to what he's saying, Jazz, uh, our fate. He does appear to be writing on some scrolls and tucking them into some bottles that you can tell have some runes carved into them. You can't necessarily tell what those runes do, but he does clearly appear to be preparing some kind of missives. Okay, so I want to know, what specifically has you preparing for death? Well, sir, I, I don't know if the goblins didn't tell you, but there's been a terrible incident, and the, the command crew has been slaughtered. And now the ship is out of control, and we are bearing down into the God's Mount, possibly to our own demise. Right. I was just unaware that the goblins had informed you. Well, yes, yeah, they informed everyone. Okay. 
So instead of trying to help, you've just already just given up. Is that what I'm hearing? I, sir, I am a performer of the highest caliber. I have graced some of the... No, you're not. <laughs> Clearly have seen your act. I would not say that. So while this devolves into a back and forth between Todd and Dick Hollow, let's flip over to Eldrin real quick. Okay. Eldrin, what are you doing? I am going to Noonie's room to to knock on her door. You hear from the inside of the door, hmm, yeah, what's, uh, what's going on? Excuse me. Miss, we're gathering uh, the talent and the passengers for some questioning. Could you please uh, come out of your room and accompany me to the to the main hall? She opens her door and it kind of clicks a little bit to the the chain, and you can kind of see her eye you up and down and go, "Well, you're you're a tall glass of elf, aren't you?" Yeah, I appreciate the the compliment, ma'am. But uh, we're trying to prevent this ship from burning into a fiery ball of doom uh, by crashing oh, into the gods' mouth. I am sure an adventurer of your caliber and status and... I'm about to get charmed is what's going to happen, isn't it? Give me a wisdom saving throw there, Eldrin. Oh, thank God it's wisdom. Oof, I could do that. 20. Yeah, you feel kind of a, a wave of something pass over you. It's not quite magic. It almost feels chemical, but you can tell she's trying to influence your state of mind. I don't, uh, I really don't need to come. This is such a, such a trying time for, for a performer. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that uh, I think I need you to come with me maybe more now. Uh, something oh, something well, weird going taking, on com- here. Taking command of the situation, are you, my dear? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's say that's I why. Do I want just one back. moment, please. And you see, her, you hear her unlatch the door, and it shuts. She's like, I just, I'm not quite decent yet. If you'd like to come in while I prepare. Oh Jesus! Mm, someone's got to kick the door. <laughs> I'm going to open the door. <laughs> you walk in and it is clearly the the cabin meant for the VIP performer on the ship. There is a, it's a small private stage in one corner of the room, a number of tables that would support uh, her ability to have a couple of patrons in for private show, a large four-poster bed over in the corner and a screen. And you can see her silhouetted kind of behind the screen as she appears to be changing clothes. She goes, Let, tell me, uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch your name, fair elf. Eldrin. It's Eldrin, Eldrin. Thaneros. Thaneros. How do you how do you find yourself in a goblin ship traveling across the Atlantic? We're coming back from a, a quest that we had to deliver something for uh, one of our colleagues. Oh, uh, Eldrin, I, I would have thought you were more than just an, an errand boy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to cut play. you off right there, ma'am. I do not have time for this. Really need you to get dressed and come with me. She steps out from behind the screen wearing a tight black jumpsuit, boot and one of those strange backpacks you saw up top strapped to her back and huh. rolling it. Shit. Shit. He's parachuting out. Get <laughs> Okay. Yeah, this is not good. Oh my God. She rolled a nat fucking one on initiative. <laughs> oh, thank God. I only rolled 12. All right. So with your 12, you're up first. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to come up here and, and have to fight by myself. That's all. Of course, of course, it's just me. I knew it was going to be somebody. <laughs> Let's pick the best time to split the party. <laughs> I'm going to use uh, Hunter's Mark. How far away am I? She's right up in your face. Fuck. So you're going to have disadvantage on any archery rolls. <sighs> okay. Yeah. She, I mean, she I... came out from behind that screen and, and dashed right at you. So Yeah. You can scream yeah. for help, can't you? <laughs> you're standing in the doorway. She is literally in melee with you. All right. So if I try to bet... If I try to move, I'm going to get attacked. So 
Hunter's Mark work for uh, Melee too, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yes. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, I'm still going to use Hunter's Mark, and then I'm going to attack with my short sword. Mm-hmm. Twelve. That will not hit. She open hand parries your sword. You bring it back to stab at her and she just slaps it out of the way, vaguely insulted that you would even try. So you see her twist her fingers into some odd shapes and then a globe of darkness springs out around her, which triggers your newly acquired blind sight. So you still Uh have a sense of where she's at, but she is going to try and push past you through the doorway to make a break for it under the cover of magical darkness. So give me an opposed athletics check. All right. Oh, rolled 22. Oof. All right. You're able to actually shoulder block her and she can't get past. So that is your turn. Shit. You hear her say, it'd really be a terrible waste of some succulent elf flesh for me to have to eviscerate you on this goddamn goblin boat, Mr. Theranos. We seem to be at cross odds for not the correct reasons and I'll be leaving. You can stand in my way and I will have to kill you or you can let me go. Yeah, that's not happening. I can't let you go. Well, I guess I'm going to try to attack again with my fucking short sword because I really don't know what else to be doing right now. There's no screaming for help. It doesn't exist. <laughs> this is a 22 that time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's that's also not going to hit. Shit. Okay. You see her again bring her palm up and slap it out of the way and begin to grab you by the shoulders and slide between your legs to slip past you out into the hall. Give me another opposed athletics. Mm, 13 that time. With her bonus, she actually comes in at a 15 and is able to slip through your legs. You see her scamper over to... Well, actually, you, you sense her more than anything while she's 10 feet of you, but then she mm-hmm. passes out the globe of darkness following her uh, and she disappears. Great. Where? So I'm on the second level, right? Yeah, you're on the common deck. That's where you guys had dinner. Her room was on that same level. While that's happening, we're going to cut over to Baba and Framwick. Yes, uh, the knocking on the door. Yes, hello. Yes, I, uh, this is uh, Framwick Fint. Uh, You hear it. (laughs) And then kind of somebody struggling with the chain and then the door pop open and it's actually the very, very elderly goblin woman in the wheelchair going, Yes, can I, can I help your children? Uh, Yes. uh, How are you doing? Uh, Do all of the, 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 the crazy, are you doing okay? Ah, I, you know, I'm, I've been better. I'm very tired. You know, I can remember back to my younger days in the goblin fields. Of I, 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 I really uh, hate to be rude because I don't, don't oh, like yeah, a, no. a rudy. But uh, this, this is important. Uh, perhaps you and your, uh, your niece. Perhaps you can. Uh, uh, join us in the common room for a moment. Oh, oh c- certainly. One moment. Let me get my niece. Yes. Hold on. She's been resting. Yes. Are, are, are you all dressed? Oh, yes. I, I, well, uh, what What are you insinuating, uh, sir? Are you, you know, be, to be quite honest with you, it's been quite some time. And, you know, this is kind of my last, my last journey. Baba, this is the old woman. Go ahead. No, no, no. You do not need me. Look at the size of that one. Perhaps. We would like to come no. inside, Mr. Tunde. Uh, no, 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 no. I think that this is getting out of hand. I think that what we need to do is uh, perhaps you and your long, young niece, uh, you, you can make it way. We'll wait here at the open door. Uh, but get past. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. And you see her kind of wheel back and go, 
and they they kind of pop up the the, the niece wraps herself in a robe and takes the wheelchair and follow you guys back. they were speaking uh, a language i understand i could read their lips Ooh, what languages do you speak well i speak uh i do not speak goblin so they're speaking goblin i I don't get it but i speak uh i speak uh common dwarvish elvish gnomish and thieves can't unfortunately they were not speaking one of those languages but even though you don't speak goblin Give me a insight check. Insight check of big fat 17. All right. With a 17, you may not speak Goblin from like, but, you know, the documentation sitting around uh, the Dread Zeppelin is in Goblin and you've been around Goblin more than a few times in your detectively pursuits. They weren't speaking Goblin either. Oh, I see. Ah. We'll be right with you, sir. And they they come out and join you in the hall. Okay. So that's it. I, I, I kind of look to uh, as they're as they're getting ready. I look to Bob and says, "Uh, they they were not speaking to the goblin. They got some secrets." Mm. I'll be vigilant. So you guys back up on the common deck. I'm assuming at this point, Todd and Richard have worked out their differences. So you guys drag Dick Hollow up to the common deck where you rendezvous with Eldrin, uh, missing one Nuni Singe and the elder goblin lady and her niece. Just missing. They didn't show up. They, they came up with you guys. Okay, so it's you. it's you guys, the elderly goblin lady, the niece and, and, and Richard Hollow. The only person missing that you were looking for. I mean, the crew has gone back out to their various stations, right. tended to wander off when you, if you don't stay on top of them. <laughs> but Spooky Leo is hanging out. He's always just kind of lurking around this deck, but everybody else is up here. Hey, Spooky. Uh, uh, what's hanging? Stormlord! Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> As you approach Spooky Leo, he appears to have pulled a giant water pipe to the center of the shrine and is on a, up on a step stool watching what appears to be some kind of conflict shaping up in the in the middle of the common room between your companions. Oh, Spooky Leo, that's a pretty cool uh, percolator you got there. Stormlord! Do you, uh, do you mind if I try out your, your uh, water pipe there, Spooky? Spooky Leo pivots said pipe over to to Moyle. (coughs) 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 Oh, that's that's good stuff, Spooky Leo. (coughs) Spooky Leo knew that you were of similar mind and perspective. Only those of us that have been truly touched by the gods, Moyle, can appreciate intricacies of pure Mordavian hash. Oh, Mordavian? Oh my God! Where'd you get that? I smuggle it in the ship. Do you? Uh, so, uh, tell me more about your uh, your storm lord. So the storm lord is the god of the skies and lightning and thunder and weather. That's that's pretty cool. Um, so, can you tell him to to have some fair weather so we get to the the land we uh, safely? Nobody tells the storm lord anything, Boyle. You beg for him to not fuck you up, and then. You get super fucking high in his name, and then if he's cool, you don't get struck by lightning. That's what it's all about. Oh, well, I get really high in the name of my god, uh, Ralashas, so that I'm not uh, put in a really sticky situation, if you know what I mean. So maybe if we both pray to our gods, then we won't, we'll, we'll be able to land safely. And a Spooky Leo extends a fist out to you. You guys fist bump and... 
Oh, well then. Eldra, what happened? You you were supposed to bring Noonie. Yeah, she's like some fucking sort of ninja or something. She, <laughs> she hit me with like a blinding spell. Thankfully, I was still able to see. And then she just kicked the shit out of me. Like, she just ran away. You're supposed to ninja kick the damn rabbit. <laughs> I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone. I don't know where she went. Like, uh, we got to find her, though. She's absolutely well, uh, suspect. She had one of those backpacks we found upstairs on her, and she was in some sort of black garb. I don't know. She's totally the one who did this. What direction <laughs> did did she do, do the fleeing in? Uh, she ran down the hall. Mm. Could tell the direction she was headed. She was heading towards the stairs and went up uh, to the command deck. Eldrin. Okay. So she ran down the st- or towards the stairs and up towards the command deck. D- this this may not be good. She may be looking to exit the, 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 the she may have the key and be willing to exit the uh, the, the plane, the craft. Yeah, we need to stop her. Well, I think this is primary, yeah. She's gone. She gone. She's gone. Great. She has jumped off the side of the command deck. <laughs> no shit. Well, well, I guess we're checking a room. Maybe she yeah, left the key. Yeah, let's look and see if she left the key, I guess. God damn it. First of all, you guys have brought some people up yes. to question to the comment. Yes, yes, do you want to deal yes, with them before yes, you search the yes. chamber? Uh, the, the first thing I'm going to do is I want to go to the, the goblin ladies and say, what dialect of the, the goblin do you speak? Uh, where do you come from? Well, we speak the traditional goblin And it's the older goblin. Oh, wait, Sonny, we speak the traditional goblin and goblinish, goblinish. Uh, what, what, what else do you speak? Uh, that's common. Uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, dwarven, just a touch. A little bit of gnomish, a little bit of everything. Just not a whole, mostly the goblinish. But, but this this is not completely true because the, when I was there looking at you and you're speaking, uh, you, you were not speaking any of these languages. Oh, well, our, our dialect is very different from the standard goblin it's it's more traditional is she lying using my lie detection yeah. she is I, not telling the truth this your your petty uh, attempts at deception uh, is pitiful i know that you are lying so why on hearing him say that i unsheathed my spear but at, at the ready not like actually pointing it at them or anything i just when you unsheath your spear baba the old lady sighs and goes <sighs> This was such a perfect setup. You know, it's very hard for us to go about our mission in normal goblin society. There's a certain number of goblins that we are soul-bound to eat before we can return to Gehenna for our master. And when you do that in a normal goblin village, you have to be very circumspect. So when we heard there was a chance that there would be this many goblins in one place together, that we could come on board and, and fulfill our, our, our divine quest. And as they say this, she stands up <laughs> and all appearance of her being a frail old woman starts to melt away as her body starts to twist and it, it extend into a large wolf-esque form. Her face stretches outward as you hear bones pop and twist. Fangs grow in her face, extending out. Her fingers extend into long claws, and she goes, now we're going to have to kill you and eat everybody. I don't oh, taste Jesus. very good, but okay, so be it. Fromwick and Fate, give me some Arcana checks. Arcana. And actually, you, Eldrin, you too. Arcana? Arcana. Oh, big natural fat one. <laughs> uh, 17. Eldrin, you, this is something that you would have brushed up against in Dak or at least heard rumors of, and it has absolutely popped up in your research, Fate. These are bar guests. The older lady and her niece shapeshift into almost like a hunched back looking wolf form with a goblin face with a extended snout and jaw. 
They are fiends which are tasked to go and consume a certain number of goblins out in the world. And after they've eaten them and sent their souls into the abyss, then they are able to return to the abyss themselves. So they don't have to worry about the ship crashing because when they get done eating all the effing goblins, they teleport to hell. So oh, fantastic. You're not interested in the um oh well it's not I didn't know that. Never mind. <laughs> That's it. That's his insight, not mine. <laughs> yep, it is initiative time. Yeah. From McFint, rolls an 11. 20. Todd rolls an 18. Baba has got a 9. Fate with a nat 1. All right. Ooh. All right, Eldrin, you're up first. How uh, far away? So I'm going to let you guys give me an idea of where you're positioned around the deck. You have this long table in the middle directly to the port side of the banquet table. You would have the, the elderly bar guest and then the second bar guest right behind her. You guys are kind of welcome to have arranged yourself however you choose. But Eldrin, you're far enough back that you're not going to necessarily initiate encounter disadvantage unless one of them charges at you. And the rest of you are close enough that you can use your movement to engage in melee within one round. Uh Cool. I'm going to use Hunter's Mark and try to shoot the elderly Bargus first. Going to aim at her head. 21. That will hit. 14 total. She takes nine points of damage as the arrows definitely make contact. There seems to be some resistance there. The arcane crackle from your hunter's mark uh, does its damage, but the arrows have trouble getting through her furry demonic hide. Hmm. That's going to be big Todd. Can I just attack with the short sword and then use fancy footwork to get back out of range? Absolutely. You could do your your Todd move in, Mm -hmm. strike, and then do your Todd move out. That is what I will do. I will attack with my short sword on the young Burgats. Okay. Okay. And I will... Ten will not hit. So you prance up, slide over the table unnecessarily, swing your sword down, <laughs> shave some hairs off the top of her head, then do a kind of impressive somersault backwards back over the table to where you're on the other side of her, but do no damage. Okay. And that's going to bring us to the Bargasts. Old Lady Bargast is going to advance on you, Baba, since you drew your spear first. Chomp at you with a bite. Does a 25 hit? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to take 18 points of damage as she leaps forward and sinks her jaws into your midsection. And you hear her go, I knew I was going to get some of this cat. (laughs) The younger Bargast looks your way, Todd, jumps on top of the dining table, looks you in the eye and give me a, pretty sure this is going to be a wisdom saving throw. Not a dexterity saving throw. Can I backflip out the way? (laughs) (laughs) If I kill you guys on a one shot, I have the option to to say it's not canon. <laughs> it's all a horrible dream. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, wisdom saving throw, Big Todd. Come on, roll. Oof. Yeah, that yeah, that four second. is is not going to uh, the uh, the bar guest goes. Yeah, you you really should go downstairs and have a drink. And you guys see Todd go. Man, you know, drink sounds good right now, and walks away. This is not the time for drinking. Damn it, Todd. <laughs> Good old suggest. Yes, Todd succumbed to a suggestion spell. Oh. Mr. Fromwick. Oh, well, then uh, I'm going to use a bonus action and try to activate my insightful fighting. Uh, okay. So uh, 
Insightful fighting. <laughs> Insightful fighting. Fromwick is an inquisitive rogue. They are basically the Sherlock Holmes of rogues, and they have an ability that allows him to make an insight check against an opposed deception check, and if it succeeds, he gets advantage on his attack rolls. Let's see what we... Actually, actually Permanent sneak attack. I, I get to use my sneak attack. Yeah, it's awesome. So let's see. My insight, I rolled a... I believe you do have one charge left on your monocle, yes? Yes, I do. Yeah, so since we're in boss fight mode, the kind and benevolent DM that I am, I would remind you, it might not be a bad idea to give you yourself advantage on this Well, role. then let's do that. Let's give myself some advantage. Uh, roll a 22 for insight. They get a 20, Woo-hoo! so that first roll wins. But Nice. So so that's my bonus action. I now have insightful fighting in effect. I am going to move up to the first one, and I am going to... He, he pulls out like what seems to be like almost like a razor strap, right? It, it's quite oversized and it's uh, the Rue razor. And he is going to attack our good old old lady cat with the Rue razor. So let me roll to hit. I roll a 21 to hit cat lady, old cat lady. That'll definitely do it. She automatically takes the extra necrotic damage the first round, right? And then has to make a saving throw every round Uh, after that. Okay, so so that's 17. Cool. I'm good. That's where I'm at. (laughs) So you're going to see Fromwick whip out this giant straight razor. Not, I mean, giant, even in the context of a a gnome holding of it. It's about the size of a short sword. He unfolds this big uh, straight razor that crackles with this dark presence for it has been used in a series of gruesome murders in the Rue Morgue and slash into the Bargast, uh, wounding it. Still looks pretty okay, but it, that, that's a big cut. That looks like it could get infected. You're up, Baba. I'm going to rage. My eyes go white and I'm, is it actually, is it actually bitten on? Yeah, it's bitten onto you. Okay, so I will then just like come down on its back to try and get it off of me with the yukula. Cool, give me a roll. I am rec- I am recklessly attacked. Mm-hmm. Wow, that will not pierce its hide. Mm-hmm. It will be my turn. Fate, I, I, I rage. I said rage, right? Okay. Yeah. The ghostly apparition of your sister appears. Fate, you're up. Fate is going to do a little bit of a uh, few hand signs here. He's going to throw out some some rat hair dog style, ice style hand signs and cast Silnox Snowball Swarm at second level. And so a flurry of magic snowballs erupt from a point right in the middle of the two Vargas. And so everything with in a five foot radius so that's going to actually hit all three of my companions that are now within melee range also however as a evocation specialist wizard i am going to say that the three of them will automatically make their saves for no damage to be clear you've got baba and fromwick in melee range of the old lady bargas Bargas is standing on the table todd is downstairs having a drink and mm-hmm. Eldrin is not engaged I, in melee I, I range forget currently. that Todd stepped away. So it should still get the, the, yeah. both of the Barghast yeah. and Baba and, and Fromwick. Moyle has wandered over to the shrine and appears to be smoking hash with Spooky Leo <laughs> and gives you guys a nod, but seem, does appear to be otherwise engaged. That is fine. That is fine. So they'll need to beat a DC 15. Can Moyle like, cast healing like, through the fight? Yes, if you guys reach out to Moyle for assistance, there could be a chance you could reach through the uh, his his hash and mushroom induced haze. Because as it goes on, he's going to get more fucked up. So, but yeah, you guys can call out from help from from Moyle from time to time. So, what was the save? Fourteen. Neither one of them save, but they still only take half damage as they are resistant to cold damage. So, give me your damage, and we'll have. So it's fourteen cold. So they're going to take half of half. So seven, and then three. Yep, three. Round down. All right. I immediately yell at Todd, come back here. Does that work? 
<laughs> you fail to save to a suggestion spell. You suggest a course of activity to influence a creature you can see within range that can hear and understand you. Creatures that can't be charmed or immune to this effect. The suggestion must be worded in such a manner to make the course of action sound reasonable, which, you know, getting a drink instead of getting your yeah. face bit off by a goblin seemed pretty fucking reasonable at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking the creature to stab itself or throw itself onto a spear, immolate itself, or do some other obviously harmful act ends the spell. The suggested course of action can continue for the entire duration. If it can be completed at a shorter time, the spell ends when your subject finishes what it's asked to do. So, yeah, I'm going to say... So after the drink? Yeah, after the drink. So I'm going to say not this next round, but you can finish your drink and make it back up the round after this. So you completely lose this turn. Next turn, you're back and back in action. Okay. Eldrin, your go, my man. Can I like do any sort of check to see if there is a weak point on this thing since my arrows were kind of having issues with the hide? Uh, that's why I had you guys do the Arcana checks on the Bargast. You know they are resistant to non-magical attacks. Mm-hmm. You know that your Hunter's Mark damage and your Horizon Walker force bolts will be fully functional, just the actual arrow itself. Arrows will be half. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll use my bonus action. Actually, do it. Give me a nature check on top of that. 21. With a 21 nature check, I will give you that you also know that if a Bargast is engulfed in flames, it may be banished back to Gehenna. Okay. That's that's helpful. If I want to tell... That's a free action. You can shout that out. Okay. Hey, fate, this thing is uh, weak against fire. So no, no, no. burn that thing. It's not weak against fire. If it's engulfed in flames, there's a chance it could be ported back to hell. Okay, then I, I convey that information to fate. And then I will use my bonus action for a planar warrior. I'm going to stay on the older, older bar guest. Got it. Give me a roll to hit. 25. That will hit. And my arrow, I, can I can I aim my arrow? Uh, never mind, toss on around. I want to, to shoot around his head. <laughs> Got a nine. So nine, nine all in after all is said and done. So yeah, you, you Keith, your bow back Dungeons and Dragons cartoon style and let fly a glowing bolt of force, which slams into her, staggers her a bit. The arrow continues forward and and chuffs off her hide, but she is still looking like she's going pretty strong. And that brings us to Todd. Todd spins this round, finishing his drink. Rummaging around downstairs a little bit and then bringing up these stairs to re-enter the fight on the next round, which then brings us to the bar guests. Um, Baba, she is going to give another bite. All right, so a 25. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then that'll be another nine points of piercing damage halved down to four. And then the other Bargast is going to spin around and lock eyes with fate and come charging at you, fate. Oh, like that. Oof. An 11 does not hit. Okay. <laughs> Thank the God. That's going to bring us to Frombwick. Aha! So this was what we were going to do. We're going to, once again, attack with our beautiful, beautiful blade. <laughs> so let's see what we've got. We still have insightful fighting in effect for one minute. And let us swing for the fences for our good friend here. So the attack is going to be... Oh, well, um, you know, there's that little thing about if you roll a, a, a critical fail that you might going to a blood frenzy. <laughs> Oof. Okay. It's time for Frommick to hook out. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> Give me a wisdom save, Cromwick. Aha. Aha. Wisdom save. A blood frenzy. The nice thing about the Rue Razor is it acts as a short sort of wounding. The bad thing about it is the dark energy which empowers it can cause you to go into a blood rage on a nat 20 or a nat yep. 1. Um, a nat 22? Yep. I got a uh, 17 on that wisdom save. All right. You feel a deep burning rage begin to boil in the pit of your stomach, Cromwick, but then you you stop and you remind yourself you're a man of intellect. You are a man of science. You I'm are Bruce Banner. Cromwick <laughs> Fent. <laughs> exactly. You are Bruce Banner. You're not a Hulk. Uh, and you are able to tamp the rage back down. That's a DC 15 wisdom Woo. save. When you yep, get your... just pulled that off. Uh, well, so uh, since that since that failed miserably, I'm going to take a... No, I'll stay. I'm staying right there. That's going to bring us to Baba. All right. We're going to reckless attack again. Trying to dislodge the ghast. Wow. <laughs> These rolls are atrocious. Mm-hmm. A 14 will not will not do it. You manage to connect with your Yekla again, but it is just unable to find purchase in her thick, furry, demonic hide. Fate, what you got? You got a Bargast in your I face. You got a Bargast in my face, and I don't like it. Who else is near me besides the Bargast? It is really just it's the Bargast. just me and the Bargast, huh? You and the Bargast, yep. All right, so we going Soldier Boy off in and Thunder Wave that oh. <laughs> So she's got to be the DC 15. Yeah, that'll be an 18. Right. So she takes half damage and, and is does not, not get pushed. Okay. I was really constant. Really hoping that was going to get me out of that jam I'm in. Um. All right. Well, she'll take half of nine. So four. And yeah, that'll be that. Eldrin, I'm back to you. Can I do a check to see if there are any like jars of cooking oil or anything around that would be flammable to... Uh... There are a you know, little set of stairs up to a platform off the main common area and then two doors which you haven't opened. So you could use your movement and go check and see if those doors were locked and, and if there was anything in there. Mm, but there's nothing like in the immediate room like for the dining area that no, we have. Yeah, uh, there's no, there's there's really nothing. False. That's okay though. We're just going to use a bonus action for Planner Warrior and take another shot at the old lady. This time I'm going to Shoot her in the neck. Twenty-five. Oh, Jesus Christ! You never fucking miss. <laughs> yeah, you again. Stand back. Uh, you know, basically, are kind of one. Got your bow out, kind of one hand while you're looking you know, like underneath the table and almost absent-mindedly fling an arrow out as you're <laughs> searching for items to start a fire on this blimp and and zing into the old lady's hide. Again, the crackle of energy from your hunter's mark and the impact of the force arrow seem to have more effect. So, ooh, got fifteen points of damage. Damn. Yeah. Old lady uh, is starting to look a little bruised. Todd, you finished your drink. You're refreshed. Back in the fight. Come off the stairs, walk down the hallway, and can see a large goblin wolf monster hunchback hybrid nipping at fate and one fully engaged with Fromwick and Baba. Okay. Um, Quick quick thing. Um, All of your damage when you use Planar Warrior is force damage. Oh, really? Yeah, it cha- it changes the damage type to force. All right. Well, then I will go ahead and credit you back that damage. So we're going to go back up to 71 there. Wait, what? The old lady Bargas now looks much, much worse for wear. <laughs> I'm trying to save my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Using the> rules. <laughs> 
who's closest to me? Is, is it the one with fate would be, actually be the one yep. closest to you? I will sneak attack with my short sword on the burgas on fate. Give me a roll to hit. God damn it. That 10 will not hit. Maybe it's because you just ran up some stairs. Maybe it was the double you poured yourself while you were downstairs and enjoying it. Maybe it's the elevation, but you're a little lightheaded when you lean into the swing and it just completely sails over the bar gas. Well, I then am going to take another action with my short sword. Go ahead with your offhand. Offhand. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely the drink. You are just air scissoring uh, yeah. over this thing. Fate's a little <laughs> bit worried you might snag him. <laughs> That's going to bring us back around to the bar gas. Uh, Turner, I forgot yep. about the wounding. So top of their Oh, uh, yeah, I rolled oh, okay. that damage. Okay. I gave it. Okay. Yeah, I gave it to her. Thank you for reminding me, though. I will go and help. She does not save, so she will take another four points of damage from that. She's looking real oh, yeah. bad. It looks like somebody has slammed a battering ram into her ribs on one side from Air, Eldrin's arrows, and it, her body on the right-hand side seems almost caved in a little bit more than anything. And then there is a festering cut or two from Fromwick's attentions, but she has got a little fight left in her as she goes to chomp on Baba. It's going to be a 22. Oof. That will hit. Okay. Wait, does it kill you? No, it's just a hit. No, she, she can't kill me. That does not become him. That, that sounds like famous last words if I ever heard it. It's just five more points of damage. Well, can you switch out the damage and can I take it? I'm good. I was wondering if I took the damage, could Hellish Rebuke be cast and that will surround them with Hellish Flames? You'd have to take damage to use Hellish Rebuke. And yeah, you guys, that is an interesting application of Baba's ability that you guys are more than welcome to test out to see what happens. Oh, that's not the way I have it written. It wouldn't work that way. That's not the way that it's intended, but... I thought that he can switch places with any of us. I can switch places with someone who took damage. Yeah, the intent is for him to be able to take a hit for you. Okay, that's what I wanted to take the hit for him. I can shoot you with an arrow. (laughs) (laughs) You can certainly try that as well. But then he couldn't hellish rebuke the dogs. No, I know, exactly. (laughs) I just want Eldrin to shoot Todd with an arrow. (laughs) Tomwood's not in on the secret. He's going to go, what the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just their dynamic. It's just the way these guys are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the young lady bar guest turn. Fate. Ooh, God, she's rolling crap against you, Fate. Does a 14 hit? Because I'm getting all the damn good rolls from the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> it would, but I'm going to cast shield if it's going to. You popping a shield then? Yeah. Okay, then that'll bring us to Frumwick. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I, I, I got a little pomade. I need to put on my bonus action, uh, to put on my mustache. I take out a little jar, put a little, put a little, put a little dab on it. I've got this little, you know, curly cue mustache and I, I put this uh, Perot's uh, poignard pomade and rub it in and suddenly my mustache gets very hard and stiff and pointy. And so that is applied in case I am engaged in melee and that was a bonus action action. I am going to attack with my good friend. I know that I will not hulk out because I am from Fence, not the incredible hulking gnome. So I'm going to attack. I rolled a 23 to hit my good old Rue Razor of wounding. Fromwick, call your shot on the old lady. As, as I open up the blade, I reach across and I slice the, the Rue Razor across the bard guest's jugular and, and take her throat with the blade and spray Bargas blood all over Baba. Baba, you get a pleasant showering of Bargas blood as the old lady Bargas breathes her last, collapsing into a heap of demonic flesh and blood. And that is your turn. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, thank you. Baba's turn. I will 
Rush, uh, where is fate? I am engaged with the other bar guest on the, what was that, the yeah. port side? Yep. Port side of the ship. You're within movement range, Bobby, if you want to advance. Okay, I'm going to advance, but in my, I'm going to do an impression of Todd and go onto the table and then jump onto the little bar guest. Give me an athletics roll. Tighten it up. Oh, it rolled with advantage. <laughs> Either way. Either way, <laughs> I'll give you the six. <laughs> you leap up onto the table and you're not used to silk tablecloths. <laughs> so as you leap up, your feet kind of go do the whoop, 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 and you slide <laughs> down and fall on your ass next to the bar guest. I will go ahead and still give you an attack at disadvantage. Which I will recklessly swing. <laughs> I'm being nice to give you the attack, dude. Even with the reckless, okay. I'm going to say it's a, it's your, you're going disadvantage roll. I'm a kind of benevolent DM, but not that kind of benevolent. <laughs> Didn't matter. <laughs> oh, that's in that one. That's in that one. You see Baba reach out with his spear. Well, you see Baba pull a Todd. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> what? I wrote, I wrote mm. two ones and twos back to back. Fate, you, you are up, sir. Oh, buddy. Okay. So we're going to magic missile this some, some gun, but I'm going to upcast my magic missile for a second level and get me an extra magic missile off on it for 14 damage. You draw your fingers out in your strange arcane pattern and fire off four little force blasts point blank into the Bargas face and it snarls back at you, bringing us back to Eldrin's turn. I am again going to use my bonus action for Planar Warrior. I'm getting pretty confident with my shots because I haven't missed any of these so far, so I'm going to try to like arc this one around Todd to hit it because I'm trying to show off. 24. Yeah, you somehow managed to curveball an arrow with a 24 and it <laughs> zigs through Todd's horns, knocks his little cowboy hat a skew uh, and sinks into the bar gas. Give me, uh, give me damage. All right. 15 total? Yes. Okay. She's looking pretty upset. Mr. The Tiefling. Oh, out here doing wanted impersonations with a bow. <laughs> I am going at a sneak attack with my short sword. Once again, this time with the short sword, I'm going to hit with a 13. Mm. Does a 13 hit? No, I am sorry, Todd. All right, short sword, <laughs> offhand, will damn well better hit. I'm out here whiffing. Seven. Oh, my God. Todd, you throw up. It's, it's the air sickness has finally gotten to you. You swing wildly with your short sword. The horizon reels in your vision, and you just flat up, flat out puke. You, you spend the rest of the turn just, oh, God, this is embarrassing. My tight impression was spot on. Spot on. <laughs> I don't know whether he's drunk or whether he's got the sickness. <laughs> I think I think a little from column A, a little from column B. We are back at the bar guest. I'm just going to bite at fate. No. 23 fate. Okay. Yep, oh. that one's going to hit. I'll Vigilant Guardian. You guys see the Bargast chomp down onto fate as Baba activates his bond and reality bubbles inward. And I, I don't think you guys have ever actually seen yourselves teleport back together because of the distance when, when you guys rubber band back. Right. But it looks like reality between the two points of you corkscrews inward until it almost funnels into, like if you're watching water go down a drain, except it's space and time and that slow spiral of that whirlpool uh, of reality stretch out in between Baba and fate. And that second that they touch, they explode back outward. And now Baba is standing in place uh, where fate once was and fate is on the ground in a puddle of Todd's pew. This is something you, you don't see this every day. Mm, oh, that was max damage. That's too. Nasty. Yeah, that's going to be 20 damage half to 10. Ooh, that would have dang near dropped me. 
<laughs> and that would be your turn, Mr. Frumwick. No, but at this point, Frumwick puts away his uh, razor strap and puts it in his pocket, reaches up as he's got a little parasol that he's been carrying around with him, pops it out, kind of pops it like a shotgun and prepares to open fire. So my round, my action is actually switching out to uh, the hand crossbow parasol and getting a bead on our good friends, staying right where I'm at. Yeah, with the, with the parasol, man, I'll let you do that as a bonus okay. action to switch it. If you want to go ahead and take the yep. sneak attack yep. on him with your, your hand crossbow, I'm going to give it to you. Let's do that. Let's get a little action. 19 to hit. That'll do it. All right. And so we're going to roll damage. So 15 in total. So that is still non-magical piercing, correct? That is non-magical piercing. Okay. That's going to half to seven. You you guys see Fromwick pull out his umbrella, detach the umbrella piece of it to reveal a crossbow, and then he sinks an arrow into the Bargast's shoulder. That'll bring us to Baba. I will first tell Moyo we could use some healing out here. <laughs> oh, is, is that you, Cthulhu, Jerry Garcia? <laughs> <laughs> And then I will recklessly attack the, the young bear guest. Wow. What the oh, hell? Oh, oh. <laughs> Good Lord. An eight and a five. You were seriously considering swapping the stone spear out for say, a weapon made of metal at this point. <laughs> Perhaps a masterwork great axe as you stab down on it again and are unable to pierce its hide. Fate, give me your move. You are on the ground in Todd's puke. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Fade is going to get up and out of said puke, disgusted entirely. Actually, as a matter of fact, he is going to thunder wave away the puke from himself. And so hopefully that the blast will push everything, including the puke and the Bargast and the Todd and Baba's all away from him. So the way that you guys are positioned right now, Baba's back would be up against the, the port of ah. the ship. And the Bargast is in between the two of you yep. and then Todd and Eldrin off to the right. So thunder waving it, you're just going to push it on top of Baba. If it fails at saving throw. Provided I get separation from me at this point, I'm okay with this. Also, it's going to get a nice blast of puke pushed up against it regardless. So, you know, that ought to be good for something. That's what matters. I think there's something on your fangs. With a five, even with the bonus, it's not going to pass. So it will take the full eight damage and gets blasted on top of Baba. Baba, just give me a just a strength saving throw real quick. See whether or not you can shove it back off of you and not get knocked prone. With that 19, yeah, you're able to push it back down to the ground after it gets blasted up into your face. Seriously. As fate <laughs> rebounds a bargast into you after you took the hit for him. And I covered everyone in puke. Oh. You're really kind of surprised you didn't think somebody could put that many maraschino <laughs> cherries into a drink. But you, it's more like Todd poured the booze into the jar of cherries than the cherries into his drink. Because it's like 80% cherry at this point. But that will bring us back to the top of the order. You will be getting the bill for my launderer. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to use my bonus action for Planar Warrior, and this time I'm going to try to, like, shoot my bow, like, over my shoulder, like, not even looking at it this time. <laughs> All right, give it, give me, give me the roll of disadvantage if you're shooting it. A disadvantage? Right. Yeah, if you're shooting it, if you're, if you're doing the no look, your blind sight's only 10 feet, so you'd have to be a little bit closer. But yeah, if you're doing the no look, it's a disadvantage. 13 and an 18. The 13 will not hit. Ugh, had to run out. <laughs> the arrow zings and pegs into the side of the ship's wall next to Baba's head. Didn't hit an owl this time. Did not hit an owl this time. <laughs> Putting the owl in owl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going up with the short sword in hand for 15 times. <laughs> because how forcefully you say it is going to really make it work. Like this time, I'm going to stab it. <laughs> I'm stabbing it and going for sneak attack. But first, with the, my attack, I hit him with a 13. Womp womp. 
No, the 13 will not hit. It hasn't hit the whole time, so I'm about to wait it down. And you know what's coming. Short sword with the offhand. I'm about to restart this whole... <laughs> it's break. I'm about to restart Roll20 because this is not good. I failed nah. every roll. Uh, <laughs> now we got we got the wrong we got the wrong random seed. Uh, Welcome we got- to my world, guys. You guys have gotten out of a, more than a few scrapes for me rolling absolute duke in uh, Roll20, and I am glad <laughs> the tables have finally turned. Uh, that is going to bring us to the Bargast, who is going to chomp on to Baba for another four points of damage. How are you looking, Baba? I'm low. I'm surviving another rounder, so it could kill me with max damage. Okay, that will bring us to Framwick. Yes, I, I noticed that our good friend Baba here is taking quite the beating. So I pull out a, a pouch, a small pouch, uh, and I say, this, put this between your cheek and gum. It'll make you feel much better. And I toss him uh, the uh, some healing snuff, which is the equivalent of a greater healing potion. So here you go, sir. Cool. Cool. Great. Just give me a sleight of hand check, Baba. 12. That's fine. It's an easy catch. You reach your hand out and snatch the bag of snuff out of the air. So on your turn, you will have the uh, snuff of greater healing. You can take a little snort and treat it as a greater healing potion. And you, you're, doing bon- you're doing bonus action healing potions? For the snuff, for sure, because it's just a little... I mean, if it was chugging a full potion, it'd be a different story. But uh, that would be a use an item, but this is designed to be used as a bonus action. Framwick, do you want to move or anything? That would be your, your action tossing Yeah, that that's bag. right. And that should give him 44 plus 4 when he rolls. No, I'll, I'll stay right there. How, about how far away am I from this the young evil woman? About 20 feet. Okay, that's, that's fine. In fact, I'll move back 10 more feet just so I can make sure to stay. <laughs> just to be. Yeah, that'll give you they'll give you a little bit of extra space. Yeah, yeah. Then that will bring us to Baba. <laughs> we'll start out by snuffing all the snuff. Don't not too much. <laughs> it make you sick. You have to be careful with it. <laughs> give yourself twelve points back and, and spit, spit. <laughs> all right, and then I will recklessly attack the young Regas. I am going to hit this time Definitely. because talking loudly worked for Todd. <laughs> all oh. right, with a twenty-two, you will hit. Finally, doing nine damage, and it has disadvantage on hitting anyone but me. Fate, you're up. We're just gonna firebolt him. Her. Sorry. Firebolt her. 17 to hit. 17 does it, exactly. Sweet. Seven points of fire damage. Three points Uh, mid-tabbed. She is resistant to fire. But it's engulfed in flame now, yes? No? No. I tried. No. I tried. No. Yeah, no. Firebolt, firebolt. If you'd soaked her in some kind of flammable material per se, that might have set her off. I will also, since we are nearing the end of the fight, saying that had you guys gone the route of trying to engulf a large beast in a 10-foot flame in a hydrogen-based airship, things would have gone much more differently. (laughs) So I am glad you guys didn't make it through with that plan. No smoking in the boys. That that was clearly a trap. (laughs) Eldrin, you're up. I have regained my composure. I'm not going to do anything stupid this time. I'm just going to use Planar Warrior as my bonus action and just square up and try to shoot this bar guest right between the eyes. Dirty 20. Roll damage. Yeah. 12, so, so oh. yeah. She's looking pretty rough. Harlan, change your dice color. Can Todd do it? Can Todd make it happen? Change, change your dice color. Take a deep breath and focus on the horizon. Can you bring it home, big Todd the tiefling? Tipsy, tipsy Todd the tiefling. Going there you money go. green. There you go. Money green. Yeah. All right. Todd is Todd is just upset at himself. He's 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 visibly disgusted. He's never missed so many hits with a short sword, but he's going to go it again. Might might I suggest that the problem is Todd's not doing anything fancy 
before attacking with the short swords. No rolls. No. <laughs> that 12 is going to miss. I'm sorry, Todd. This vanilla ass right. bullshit isn't you. Listen, Todd has tried to jump over a trap twice and failed. He is, he's a little discouraged. He did kick a door in, though. Mightily kicked the door in. Do just like a moonwalk over there and stab that thing, man. Just do it like a ninja flip off the wall right next to the bar, I guess, for no reason, this, and then stab it yeah, in. Anyway. This right. entire time, Richard Hollow has been standing in the background going, This is the show of a lifetime. Nobody <laughs> asked what I was doing. I might have been able to assist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Todd saw Baba do that jump move and he got inspired. Even though it failed, he is going to try to athletically jump off the table, backflip over the bear gas and stab him in the head with the short sword. There's our Todd the Tiefling. Give me an ath- give me an acrobatics check. Acrobatics check. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be a, a net one. Uh, <laughs> so, Todd goes to get up on the table and just, like, I don't know if his pants shrunk when he peed in him earlier from the shock trap or what, but that leather just, you hear it creaks and he just, he's just stuck, man. You're just stuck, bro. You're stuck. This drinking and fighting does not suit you. I will let, I will let you flop around and do a disadvantaged offhand swing. Oh, okay. Disadvantage offhand swing for Todd. A coming. Double crit. Yeah. This will be the one. <laughs> that would be this will be the one that nails him. Uh, no, with that nine, <laughs> that nine's not going to do it. The nine's not doing it. Nine's not doing it. Okay. That'll bring us to, bring us back around to this bar, guys. Jesus. Why guys. did y'all bring me back up here from the bar again? For entertainment value, obviously. <laughs> I embarrass myself. Just stay down there. I embarrass myself. Uh, the uh, bar gas snaps at you, Baba, but you're able to get your shield up and, and push her back. That is your turn from. Yes, I am going to take a shot with the hand crossbow. 14? Uh, 14 will not do it. You managed to connect with the crossbow, but it skitters across her demonic hide. Copy that. And that that's that. Bobby, your go. How does the bar gas look? It looks like if one of you could hit her, she'd, she'd be goddamn dead. She is on death's door. I'm looking for redemption for this terrible fight, and I am swinging away, recklessly attacking. Wow. Mm. Six and a ten. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunately, again, you're stabbing down. Maybe it was the laughter at Todd. Maybe it's her being right up in your face, not having full range of movement with your yikla, but you're just not able to get get the hit in. Fate? Fate digs into his pockets and grabs a handful of pocket sand. However, he whispers a smoother charm across this distribution of pocket sand as he tries to lull this Bargas to sleep. So for 23 HP... Is that based off of max HP or current HP? Current HP. Current. All right, yeah, the Bargast comes out. Look at it, sleeping so gently. Kill it! I got to be able to hit a... Kill it! Kill it while it's sleeping! (laughs) Eldrin. Okay, so, I mean, I'd have to be really pulling a tie here to (laughs) fuck this one up. Listen, listen, everybody, it's sleep. The combat's like done-done. Like, just everybody stab it at once. I'm going to use Planar Warrior. I'm going to aim at its stupid face, and I'm going to shoot my bow and hit with the 24. (laughs) Give me damage. 12. Yeah, that'll be enough. Go ahead and call your shot on her. 
All right, so with my Planar Warrior Force damage, I'm going to shoot my bow in an arcing shot that's going to come down like a ton of bricks on its head and just explode its head on top uh, of You blast young Bargast into oblivion to the resounding applaud of Spooky Leo, Dick Hollow, <laughs> and Moyle Mossberg. And a extremely long, protracted battle is finally over. The goblins emerge from their, their various stations and congratulate you for a, a job well done. A, a cursory search of Noonie Singe's room turns up a small file of powdered blackthorn. As you continue to go through some of the other uh, areas of the ship, you discover in the, the security officer's quarters that he was actually suspicious that Noonie was in fact a monk of shadow who had managed to get her way onto the ship to escape Medivh for nefarious purposes in Amsoon. The co-captain is able to find the key in the Bargast and younger Bargast room and and writes the course of the ship. And the rest of your journey is fairly, fairly uneventful. After you take a step back and, and look at it, you realize Dick Hollow's not such a bad guy. He just felt a little bit bad about being shouldered into a number two act. And he puts on a an elegant magic show that impresses even fate for the remainder of the journey. You guys are treated like royalty by the remaining goblins. The bosun's mate third class hooks Moyle up with a choice brick of Medivian hash that he's been smuggling in the hold. <laughs> and the rest of of the journey is is quite quite pleasant in your luxury dirgeable built for 15 so That'll wrap us up, guys. You managed to dock in the newly erected Skyport in Orlin, the capital of Ansoon, and depart. You and Fromwick say your farewells. Hey, did you guys have as good of a time on the ship as I did? Yeah, dude. Thank you very much. It was quite a pleasure watching you puke and bleed and fall down. That's <laughs> what I do. It's kind of my sick move. <laughs> I think stick to engineering. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Good day, Framwick. It was great working with the rogue who knew what the hell he was doing. <laughs> well met, Framwick. As you walk down the gangplank, you see a representative from the Seat of Nations holding a sign that says Framwick Friend, who greets you and welcomes you into Amsunian lands uh, and asks if you would please meet with the Prime Minister as soon as possible, as they have a most intriguing situation that could possibly use your attention. Uh, this I will do. This I will do. You guys wave your farewells to, to Framwick, go back down the steps and manage to secure passage on your way back to report your progress to Ognum. And that's where we'll end the session. So, Christian, I, I don't know if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, but we do have a tradition where at the end of every episode, we vote for most valuable player of the episode and play of the game. We give everybody an opportunity to make their case for why they should be MVP, and then you're not allowed to vote for yourself, but you vote for who you think should be best. We will go in the order that we traditionally go in for introductions and have you go last. Sure. So, Todd, if you would. I gotta give player of the game to Eldrin. He just doesn't miss at all. It's just ridiculous. It's almost ridiculous. Play of the game. That's sleep. Nah, that, no, Elgin would have killed him anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Can't abstain if you can't come up with something. That's right. I'll abstain from play of the game because I can't think. All right. Todd recuses himself from play of the game. So that'll bring us to Eldrin. Are we voting now? Or are we making the case for ourselves? You're making a case for yourself and voting. Okay. So I am going to say that you should vote for me because I was, I, I curved an arrow <laughs> around Todd. I thought that was pretty cool. So at least for play of the game for that. And I did a lot of damage. Uh, <laughs> wow. As per usual. Humble. <laughs> and yep. your vote for MVP? Yep. So I'm going to vote for Detective. Because yeah, he was just doing good stuff all over the place there and did a lot of damage on, in that Thank fight. So. Jazz, what you got? 
So I'm kind of torn on my MVP vote because when it came to combat, I do feel like Elgin carried us. However, prior to the combat, our new companion, Mr. Fromwick, was um, rather integral in us finding out what all needed to happen here. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to vote. I can't really make a case for myself this time. Otherwise, I I would. But um, I'm going (laughs) to get I'm going to vote play of the game to Eldrin and MVP to Fromwick. Got it. Baba, what you got? I tanked the hell out of it. (laughs) You did. You did. I don't think anybody got hit but me. I actually think MVP and play of the game go to Framwick. MVP for just kind of his his insights and his his investigations and 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 whatnot. But I'm gonna give him play of the game for hanging out the window with no room. <laughs> I was ready to like, yeah, I would agree. I think I think Framwork was a great addition, and I we appreciate you Thank coming you. on and uh, and and playing our silly little game with us. But but uh, I would actually give Baba play of the game for the clutch save on Fate, bamfing mm. in to take the hit for him, which Fate promptly showed his appreciation by by <laughs> thunder waving a demon <laughs> goblin dog straight up into fucking Baba's face. So and puke, and puke, and puke. P- the puke was pivot. Fromwick, our honorary party of Fiverr. Wow, listen, there was so much fun. You know, as far as the, the play of the game, I, I'm really torn between that switch you just talked about with Baba and uh, the way Todd Tiefling just completely miffed everything. That was pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, listen, play of the game can go both ways, right? So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. We have, absolu- we have uh, absolutely celebrated I, the failure I mean, of it. Because... I mean, Todd, Todd the Tiefling got electrocuted not once, but twice. Twice. You know like 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 ninja parkour that was learned in kindergarten and then and then uh, let's see he's, he vomited and he completely went flutes on the tape man that was entertaining i'm gonna give him uh, that's who i vote for play of the game that was just a massive collection of plays uh, mvp mvp I, you know I, I i i think i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with baba on that because like you said that was such a clutch move where he's uh uh saved um saved fate for us so yeah there's my there's my selection and i and you know i, I don't do well with pitching for myself but i appreciate all the cool stuff that you guys said cool well, yeah i think at the, i think at the end of it as the dm who's unofficially tallying the votes and taking more but i think we're going to finish up with uh with mvp to a mr Fromwick fent and a uh, a tie between baba and eldrin for play of the game for baba's clutch blocking and for eldrin's clutch hitting uh once again pushing todd into the shadows of obscurity <laughs> and us <laughs> into the evening so, Notoriously so. Notoriously so. <laughs> thanks very much guys it was a blast